Well, there goes the neighborhood. Good morning, everybody, and welcome live on this Saturday morning, December. <laughs> yes, our million dollars set. Just, just an accident. Our, our 922nd, that was perfect, 922nd episode of the Dave's Gone By, Facebookio, Podcastio, Programio of the stream with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my darling and adorable wife, Joyce, will be joining us briefly at the beginning of the show to get us started. And then we have, oh, 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 so I'm much fun. I'm oh, sorry, what? I'm saying a quick hi, honey. Hi, honey. That's my, my wife, honey. Uh, Let me do, do, some, do some of this. I'll help you. Okay. Well, or do you want me to do that? For, well, yeah. Okay. Here. So. I'm going to speak to you in, uh, in the expressions. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready as I'll ever be. Because we got more crap this week. Don't call it crap. Good crap. If you haven't guessed by now. Oh. You know, I've grown more deaf in this year and yet I can still hear that. Okay, so first of all, first of all, we we purchased two two items this week. Not we. My my wife, yes. my darling adorable wife purchased and you got to take the sticker off the microphone. <laughs> no, that's, that's part of it. Okay, that's okay. part of it. Um, so this from from Brookstone, as you can see, from Brookstone is a is a megaphone. It's a working. We got it at Marshalls, but we didn't get it at Brookstone. That's more costly. Yeah, Bro Brookstone is the, um, the the manufacturer of it this. It was actually free because we had our ten dollar certificate. It, 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 hey, where's the oh, bye. <coughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. It would have been free. However, um, you had to have 4C batteries to work it. The batteries actually cost more than this thing. It was... It's worth it because listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. This... Can you do, like, do some announcing? Like, do some announcing of a score. And they're coming around the final turn. No, 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 like uh, curling, curling. Oh. And they're... Uh, Stepping up to the curling line. Stone, uh, stone, it, stone. Is that? Stone. Can you hear me though? Yes, Does this sound okay? Uh, they're getting uh, to the stone, and uh, people can uh, get ready to shout "sweep." <laughs> and they're hurling the stone, and it's going down the track. It's going down the track. Just as uh, I will say, it's done about four million times over the past day and a half. And oh, oh, knocks the other stone out of the way. And people are, are gently applauding and falling asleep. Yeah. So there you go. So. I think it's three oh, oh, already? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's already nine oh five. We 
we've eaten up five minutes of show already with just this. I this is how we that. roll. I think that's a good toy for you. Um, do you really think this is a good toy for me? <laughs> yeah, not that. You could have it in the car, and then if someone bothers you, you just, you know. I know, just leave it near the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anytime some, some a-hole, because yeah. we've seen a lot of a-holes on the road yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. And just like somebody, and, and you want to freak everybody out because you don't know where the noise is coming yeah, from. Yeah. And, you, and you start looking like, And like so everybody stops illegal. and you drive around them. <laughs> Why? I think it might be illegal though. There, there is a booklet that comes with this. It's, it's somewhere that says it's like a class A or class D or something like that. <coughs> you can't use it you for that. Get the booklet? I don't know. It should be. I don't know where it went. I think it's on the kitchen table. I'll get oh, it. no, no, don't worry. No, I'll get it go, and then go. I'm going to go. I'll yeah. get it. While you're down there, can you make me a dry martini? <laughs> you couldn't hear me? Yeah, you couldn't hear me? <laughs> See, this is going to be real helpful when I'm a few years older and I have trouble going up and down stairs. And I was just being like, you know. I could really use a hot cocoa. <sighs> that actually hurts. <laughs> it actually hurts my ear when I'm doing it. I'm behind the speaker. Um, although I am the speaker, <laughs> no, this is this is really a cool, ridiculous thing. I mean, in, if if there are any <laughs> protests against Israel, I'm coming there with this and being like, uh, "Could you kindly go fuck yourself?" Thank you, thank you so much. But anywho, pretty neat, pretty neat. Da -da. Well, well, yeah. Please don't freak everybody out by saying, hey, Dave, here's your hospital ID. I did not go to the hospital this week. We, we, we visited a hospital complex for, for a basic... Give me a kiss, give me a kiss. Check out. Um, hold on, I've got to kiss my wife. Um, do you I could have... do it with the megaphone. <laughs> do I have time to finger you or we're just going to kiss? Okay. Ow, 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 ow. Love you, honey. Have a great show. Love you, too. Yeah, I'll see you Say, just back here later. Just a kiss on their thing. Oh, cool. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> David, I think I should take that from you. <laughs> She's going for a therapeutic massage, ladies and gentlemen. So if, if they touch you in the wrong spot, just do this. Like, <laughs> if they move a little too much up your thigh, just ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Anywho, here's the, um, here's the instructions for the special new megaphone we have for the program. And oh, don't you think we, we will be using this? I think Howard Stern did this probably like 30, 40 years ago, this kind of thing where it's just, it's just a toy and you play with the toy until you get bored with the toy. So I'm going to play with this. And, oh, where's my glasses? I had, because this is really tiny, teeny print, and I purposely brought glasses, oh, to read stuff with, because I am of that age. Here we go. La, la, la. All right. Our, our, our. I'm telling you, I look so much better with glasses now. Uh, la, 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 la. This equipment has been tested and found to comply with the limits for Class B digital device pursuant to Part 15 of FCC rules. Uh, it provides reasonable protection against harmful interference in a residential installation. This equipment generates, uses, and can radiate radio, radio frequency energy. If not installed and used in accordance with instructions, 
This may cause harmful interference to radio or television interception, which can be determined by turning the equipment off or and on. <clears throat> if we miss in New York, I should go outside like WBAI and just start turning this on. It's like, hello, am I, am I disturbing your frequency right now? That'd be, that'd be pretty neat. Uh, consult the dealer or an experienced radio TV technician for help. So suddenly, like, you get a call from the FCC or the police that you're blocking the frequencies on Robert Ears television or maybe maybe airplanes. Like, you know, there, there's some low-flying plane, and suddenly you're disturbing them with this. <clears throat> and they have to, like, hire I mean, a consultant at $200 an hour to make sure that you're using your $10 Brookstone megaphone just so. Uh, but it does comply with Part 15 of FCC rules. It may not cause harmful interference, and it must not accept any interference received, including interference that may cause undesired operation. Wow. And, oh, <laughs> this is made, this is, now, this is made by a company called Samsonico. So I always say Brookstone must be the distributor, but Samsonico USA. It's not Samsung. It's not Samsungico. Samsonico. Um, wow. To obtain warranty service. <laughs> it would be more costly to mail this for repair than it was to buy this. You know how much things cost to mail anywhere now, whether you're using UPS or the regular post office? You have to spend literally $30 to mail this, like, fourth-class, bulk-whatever rate just to get this to the company to try and get it back. Um, you need a receipt to get service on it. Oh, by the way, this product must be used. I'm not kidding. This is on here. This product must be used by an adult and kept out of the reach of children. <laughs> I, I guess they realize that there's a siren on it, and therefore, you know, you put that on in the middle of traffic, no matter who you are, it, it's going to be a problematic thing. Why they put a siren on this, I don't understand. Um... This would be a good thing to keep in the car. I'm not kidding. If you are stuck, you've got your flashers on, and you want to notify people that you're in trouble or there's, there's an issue going on, or some woman is stopped in traffic and isn't sure if the cop is a real cop, it's kind of like, whoop, 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 and, and keep this going. I don't know. I mean, I, but I just, why, why would you need a siren if you're just getting a megaphone to do this? Greetings. It is, isn't it loud? It's really loud and annoying, which I guess is the point of megaphones, right? Oh, I haven't, I haven't even done the all-important. Hold on. Hear ye, hear ye. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Now I've done it. Now, now I can safely, comfortably retire and die because I've done that into a megaphone. Oh, oh, what fun we have. Wow, I've got, I've got... This is interesting. When I wear the glasses, I've got the reflection of the window right in them, which is kind of enough. Well, I don't need these for now, so I'll just pop these on top of my head for the moment. I'll, I'll keep this megaphone handy because you never know. You never know when we might need it. We also, what you were hearing through the megaphone was our latest addition to the family. Um, someone that, that Joyce never really got into or never, never trusted much, but someone that, I don't know, if you're like me, you watched Mr. Rogers every afternoon. Yes, who, who doesn't love 
All right, hold on. Joyce wants to hear it. So I'm going to put the speaker here on. I'm going to put uh, Mr. Rogers up against it, as it were. Thank you. Two of the best words we could ever learn. Oh, that thing. Turn it up? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, let me try this one. Do you have some favorite neighbors where you live? I mean, real neighbors with whom you can talk and play and ask for help if you need it? I hope so. Mr. Rogers, I've fallen and I can't get up. Doesn't it feel good when you're just about to do something that you know is wrong and you decide to do something else, something that won't hurt you or anybody else? Doesn't that feel great? The great, great one and only Fred Rogers, who, I mean, I don't know, I, I have to say, it can't be in public domain. Because Rogers was like from the early 60s through, I guess, the aughts doing his program. And I, I have to think that him, that he and his estate are as controlling as anybody else would be over their likeness, over their material, over their sound. Kind of, you know, the way Gail Zappa was over her husband Frank's musical work. I was just like, you know, nobody touches, you know, Yoko is, is pretty proprietary over John Lennon stuff with and without the Beatles. So uh, you have to think, unlike unlike Bob Ross, we, we watched the documentary about the wonderful painter, <clears throat> Bob Ross, uh, happy, little, happy little documentary. It, it was actually an unhappy little documentary because his life was fairly foreshortened by illness. And afterwards, there was all this um, hugger-mugger about who owned the rights to his shows, the rights to his likeness, the right, or the like to his painting style. And so you can see the Bob Ross stuff everywhere it is not benefiting anybody connected with Bob Ross or his family. I, I don't think he had children or anything like that. So, so it really, it's just hmm, an image that's out there. So when you see him on calendars, when you see there's literally a Bob Ross Chia head that grows, you know, they do it for Obama too. I guess it's because he's a celebrity figure and you're allowed uh, in that respect. But, you know, and you see his, his likeness on page-a-day calendars and on um, what other kinds of things. And, and Bob Ross bobblehead dolls. I'm just surprised. I am really, really surprised. Even though it's, it's an adorable thing to see that they were able to do this with Fred Rogers, with his physique, his sweater, of course, and literally what would be, I assume, copyrighted little moments from his TV show. I mean, they're lovely sentiments. There's nothing offensive remotely about this. It's, it's really quite a, a wonderful little little gift or toy. I wish they'd taken a little more care with the audio quality of the clips that they've got and the fact that some of them have music behind them. And it was almost random. There's no person in the whole world like you. Yeah. But, I like you just the way you are. That's classic. Okay, that's fine. You've made this very special day by just your being you. Classic. Classic. It would have been nice to have a song on there, too. You know, maybe the Tro Bob Troll song or something. So, I, as great as it is, I do kind of wonder who, who licensed this. Who, at what point are they allowing, you know, Fred, Fred Rogers tchotchkes to, to enter the market? I'm not against it. I'm just 
kind of curious and shocked and, and surprised in a weird way. And now, and now, of course, it has joined the neighborhood. That's something we can play when I make a really terrible joke. Actually, thank goodness we do. We live in a nice neighborhood that we were. And, and won't you be my neighbor, or as we say, my daver, here in the neighborhood? On this program, it's called Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz. We're doing our 922nd edition episode of the program, which means that we have been on the air, really. I was going to say on and off, but it's been mostly on since October of 2002. That is how we've racked up 922 episodes so far of humor. All right, so, so. All righty then. Well, we'll, we'll keep you posted, folks. I'm, I'm, I may have to, um, may possibly have to take a break from the program. Well, I, I'm, I'm assuming that will not happen. I'm hoping that will not happen. Uh, anyway, what's going to be on this episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebook, your podcast, your program, your of the street? Well, we do have a special guest. We have someone that um, I was able to talk to at that publicity summit, Zoom publicity summit I went to a couple of weeks ago and met up with this really funny, really fun, really interesting, very successful and polymath. It's not that he's a polymath. Uh, as we were talking the other day, he's more of like someone who has corralled his joyful stupidity into a bunch of different careers, all of which that he's loved. And he's made a bunch of money and he's had a bunch of fun and he's still at it. Now, among the things that Al Paranello has done in his career is for about a decade, he owned and operated a rock radio station in New Jersey that went from basically a forgotten little nothing on the dial, crowded out by all these other stations, to one of the top 50 radio stations in the country, honest to gosh. He did that for about a decade. He also produced a couple of shows off-Broadway, including becoming a co-producer of the long-running show The Fantastics. Uh, what else did he do? He, he, he co-produced a show on Broadway a decade or so ago called The People in the Picture, which is about Jewish people, so Rabbi Saul is going to have a lot of fun talking to Al Paranello about that. Uh, he also, what has he done? He, he, he was involved a lot in the early stages of some of the big cable pay channels, HBO, Max, their programming, their corporate-y stuff, I guess, and that, and that gave him a bit of a, a nest egg as well. What else did he do? Ooh, 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 and he is currently, I guess, the owner of Surf Light Theater out in New Jersey, by the Jersey Shore. That had fallen into kind of financial and every other kind of disrepair, and he's trying to bring it back. Surfly Theater. So he's a theater owner, a radio station owner. He's been a theatrical producer. Well, he, you know, he's been on radio. He's been a stand-up comedian. Al Paranello. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, as friends back in school, school era, he was kind of the person to help give a comedian named Andy Kaufman his real first start. And they remained pals and, and co-workers for a good chunk of Andy Kaufman's life. So while I'm not the biggest fan of Andy Kaufman, he's sort of someone that, um, as a comical person myself, I admire more than enjoy. 
and appreciate more than enjoy, still, who doesn't want to hear Andy Kaufman stories and, and know all about their relationship? So there's a lot to unpack with Al Paranello, who will be joining us not too far from now here in the neighborhood. Also, we'll have Bunyan Watch, because I will share my Bunyan with both of I, you know, two bunions on two feet, one's bigger than the other. But every week we just kind of take a look and we watch and we see, hey, have Dave's bunions grown? Have they changed them? Have they changed color? Have they learned to speak English yet? Because we've been waiting and waiting. It's been, it's been, you know, a while. And we've gotten them tutors, but it, it hasn't really helped. So we have Bunyan Watch coming up on the show. We also have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. And this is where we go to a town in the beautiful state of Colorado, where Joyce and I lived for several years. And because I enjoyed living in Colorado, and also I have fun looking at the map and lists of all the names of places, like Ure and Erie and Ray and Iliff and Fort Collins and Greeley and Evans, all these places, and trying to come up with poems about each and every one of them. Short, risque, sometimes quite openly disgusting poems about all these places in Colorado. So this week, we are going to La Porte. I'm surprised I never got to that one. La Porte, Colorado. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the lovely town of La Porte, and then read a not-so-lovely poem that I wrote just a few hours ago about La Porte, Colorado, which will be our limerick of the damned. And speaking of Colorado, Joyce and I did live in Greeley, Colorado for a bunch of years. So we have um, Greeley Times, which are amusing, weird things that people call the Greeley Police Department about. And they say, oh, my God, can you send a cop car? Can you, can you check this? Can you investigate it? And usually the phone calls are weirder or incredibly unnecessary than you would imagine. Wow, my grammar just went totally out the window on that. But you know what I'm saying. These, these calls are logged. They're public domain. They're public record, I should say. And so the newspaper gets a hold of them, strips out all the identifiers, and then is able to publish the funniest ones every week in a column that they call Cop Log or Greeley Cop Log. We take the funniest ones of those and share them with you on a weekly segment called Greeley Times. So all of that, all this fun, all this, as, as you know, both I and, and Al Paranello would say, all this joyful stupidity is ahead of you on this 922nd episode of the Dave's Gone By show. Remember, though, that if you're curious, if you just tuned in, right, if you saw Al Paranello's, uh, us promoting him on Facebook, if you saw his face, oh, what is this? You've never seen the show. You've never heard of it. Or maybe I'm a friend of yours on Facebook, and f finally you're like, oh, this popped up in my feed. Let me check it out. What is this? And you still don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell this is. I've been doing it for 21 and a half years. It's this zany mix of all this stuff. And if you want to get a better sense of it, the real best way is to go into our archives. Because we have tried to save every single show we've ever done. And we've been about 97% successful, which is completely fantastic. That means if you go to our official website, davesgoneby.com, you can hear or watch, because five to six years ago we went to video, but when we were on radio, when we were on college radio, internet radio, and now on you know, Facebook video, 
doesn't matter. We've tried to save this ma magnificent giant archive of stuff. And all you got to do is go to davesgoneby.com. It's completely free. You can search. You can scroll. You can scan. We have a separate archive of just the interviews we've done. And I have been having fits with the website the past few weeks, just with our our host or our blue host, which mostly made me blue, and, and just chatting with helpers one after the because I'm going to be better. I thought, I thought over the weeks that it would be better to do like the live technical help chat with folks than what I used to do, which is, you know, call their number, call their number, because you, know, you pay a bit of money to have servers and a hosting service for your website or website. I have quite a few domains. So they're administering them. They're, they have no problem billing me. <laughs> no, no trouble at all making sure that they sort of automatic deduct the money for all these domains and for, for renewing the website and for keeping the hosting going. Somehow they figured all that out. But anytime there's any kind of technical glitch, it takes some doing. So about over a month ago, we had a, a fairly major technical glitch with the website, with davesgoneby.com. Uh, and then the website's attached to that. So, because some of them point, we also own davesgoneby.org. It'll just bring you to .com or vice versa. And suddenly, I was trying to upload some stuff because they're fairly big files. We do a two and a half to three hour video program, behold, every week. And that, that's a lot of data. It's, it's usually the, the main file is about two or three gig. And long time ago, a couple of years now, uh, they were like, no, you can't, you can't upload. It's too big, too big, too big. I crunch it. So first I got to crunch the file down so that you lose audio and video quality, whoopee. And if you want the files in better quality, just go to archive.org. We have a channel there. And actually, it's, it's higher quality stuff. But anyway, anyway. Um, and, but at one point, something happened. Or there was an update with the WordPress or something got glitched. And every page went blank. The back end was okay, but you couldn't save anything. And so I'm like, ah, oh, crap, trouble with my website again. So, and I am not in any way a savant when it comes to programming or coding or creating websites or dealing with WordPress. You know, I've been trying to deal with a lot of stuff myself <laughs> over the past few years. And mostly it's been okay because the template's been there and I'm just adding content. Should be no biggie. But every once in a while, you, know, you get hacked, this happens, this happens, that happens. So I figure, oh crap, everything's down. Let's get Bluehost to do what it's supposed to do and fix it. So, you know, you, you type in and first, you know, depending on what time of day or what day of the week you try and contact them, sometimes within three to four minutes, you actually get a human being on the other side of the chat. Then you don't, you don't get them at first. This is a magnificence of AI. And so it asks you a bunch of questions that you know are not a human yet. Is, a, you know, is this happening? Here, here's a, a downloadable booklet. Would this be helpful to you? It's like, no. And every time you log on, it's going to ask you, Would, here, has this booklet been helpful to you? I haven't read it. I don't want to read it. I want to talk to a human being. No, thank you. So you get through that. Sometimes it takes like 15, 20 minutes, and which, you know, thank goodness I don't really have, not thank goodness, I don't really have a commerce kind of a, a site. I'm not trying to sell bunches of stuff on the internet. And if I go down for half a day or a week, you know, my business goes to 
So, you know, thank goodness there's nothing so urgent in what I do. I'm just trying to archive stuff so that you guys and, and I guys have a chance to keep all of the Dave's Gone By history available at our fingertips. So I'm, I'm trying, I get to a person, and, and invariably they're South Asian. Invariably they farmed all this stuff out. God forbid they should pay American minimum wage of like 12 or or 14 or $15 to people. They're overseas. They're somewhere in Mumbai or, uh, you know, Chennai, India, probably paying $8 an hour to these people. Okay, fine. Hi, my name is Shishi Kaprit. Can, can I help you? And finally, even when you see that, it's almost still AI. You know, you, you know that they're just copy-paste. Oh, you know, control one. Hello, my name is Shashi Kaprit. Can I help you? What is your problem? You know, can you please send in your official call? And I've, I've been having so much, so many interactions with them over the past few weeks. Like I've literally saved my code so I can just copy and paste it and not have to go like, oh crap, you know, I have to go to the site and then verify my thing on my phone. It's like, no, I just plug the number in. And every, every other day I'm chatting with these people who say they're going to help and half of them do absolutely Nothing. And meanwhile, it's taking from the time that I try and log into a chat to logging off and saying, thank you for your help and not meaning it because I haven't really helped yet. Uh, it can be a half hour or 40 minutes out of my life. Now, granted, when you're chatting and you're waiting for that, please allow three to four minutes while I check this. That is invariably 10. It's, it's just like what they do in, in airlines when they say, we're, we're going to be uh, delayed over Dulles Fort Worth for about uh, 10, 15 minutes. That's a half hour to 40 minutes right there. The, the, the pilot always undercounts the amount of time so to, to allay people's frustrations and, and you know, keep them from <laughs> storming the plane. So uh, same thing. It's like, please allow me three, two to three minutes. Usually two to three minutes is what they say to check into this. And then you know, eight minutes later, uh, they come back to one time. It was, so, it was so fantastic. It was like, please allow two to three minutes and I'm like, okay. And then I wait, and then I wait, and then I come back. Uh, you know, I'm working on stuff on another window. I come back to the chat window, and I write, you know, well, question mark. And it says, your, <laughs> your chat has been timed out. I was like, while I was waiting for them to get back to me, the, the chat window had timed out. It was a, so, you know, smoke coming from Dave's ears at this point. And the best one. This was absolutely the best. There was one person I was chatting with, and I feel sort of bad because you know some of these people, whether they're in America or wherever, are working themselves to the bone just to make a living, right? And they were so either crazy or I'm guessing exhausted and basically asleep that they would just have lines. The, 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 the tech person I was chatting with was a, would do something like, how can I help you? Like, oh, 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 U, U, X, Q, Z, Y, 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 Y. Like, their fingers were just typing things that they weren't even thinking about. They, it, it was just like coming out of them without their control because they were literally asleep on their feet or asleep at their desk. Dad, my dad told me a story. I hope I, I can kind of remember it. But it was kind of the same thing. He was working. He used to work night shift, night hours at um, a, a job in the court system transcribing, and he was a court stenographer and stuff, and doing that and typing memos and typing briefs for lawyers and things like that in the appellate division of the New York Supreme Court. 
And he told me one time, you know, he was kind of pushing through and drinking coffee and working and one time, you know, and he's typing and he's, he's transcribing. He's like, and so, you know, he does it. He gets through about two pages of material and like, you know, rubs his face, goes to the bathroom, comes back and looks at what he's written. And he realizes it's nonsense. It's, it's just been sort of whatever was in his head uh, at that time had nothing to do with what he was transcribing, nothing to do with what he was listening to. His fingers just sort of kept moving. And it was sort of dreamland stuff. And he's like, okay, I, I, better, I better have another coffee, splash water on my face, and go home and do this tomorrow. Because he realized you know, he'd just been pushing himself and, and nothing good would come of this. So I get that with this person that I was talking about. I needed internet help. And meanwhile, my site had been effectively down for days already, which is not acceptable, right? And, and so, so I get a person who's like, you know, I will check over the ability to that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And of course, they didn't do anything. And then things got fixed kind of piecemeal. So one person said, okay, um, and I love the fact that one person doesn't know what the other's doing. Like, one person will say, well, we can't fix this. That's literally what they said. I was like, we're going through some change stuff right now, and we're not able to help. I'm like, okay, so I wait two days, and they go back to them. I said, well, we can help by doing this. And, and then another one said, well, here's, here's a whole list of things that you could be doing. I'm like, no, I'm not the fucking host of the site. I'm not in charge of the servers. I'm not in charge. I'm just in charge of like putting content on this thing that has been working for years, mostly, and then kind of goes off the beam because someone either tries to, to like mess with it or hack it or some little glitch of coding happens. This is your, this is what I'm paying you to do. Please do it. And then I finally, after like two weeks, I get somebody who was like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty easy fix. <laughs> You know, you always look for that one. And it never occurs to me. It's like, if you know you're talking to an idiot or someone, you just log out. Don't wait for the, the little survey afterwards. Just, just you know, if you've gotten to them and you realize this is going to be a, a waste, more of a waste of like, goodbye. goodbye. Don't have to be nice about it. Just buy in window. I get one person who says, oh, yeah. No, it's just there's, a, there's one little uh, HT something a hexadecimal that has to be uh, changed. And please wait one minute, which I did. And he's like, yeah, it should be working now. Right? Why I couldn't have found that one person three weeks earlier? Or why they couldn't have trained all those other thousands of people who are doing tech for that company out there in, you know, Mumchasa somewhere to, to understand that fairly simple fix beyond me. Meanwhile, so they fixed the site, they got it all back up and running, which was, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but then they didn't fix the other problem that I had, which was that um, I told you that I can't upload these giant two or three gig files. I, I kind of, under, I don't understand that. I really, really don't. In this world of digital everything and open bandwidth and, and so forth, why can't you have like a giant mega file? I mean, you know, people are able to upload 92-hour movies on YouTube and Vimeo or archive.org. Why am I stopped from being able to upload a two-and-a-half-hour video show? It just, it just makes no sense. So I said, but wait a minute, guys. I've been crunching, as you have told me to do, for months on end. 
I have been crunching down the video files to keep them under 500 megabytes, right? And in that way, I've been slowly but surely being able to upload properly and comfortably. So yeah, I lose a lot of resolution. I lose a lot of stuff. Not that much, actually. But, you know, it's crunched down to a file size that apparently my site can handle or you guys can handle and uploading it. And now suddenly you're not even letting me upload anything over like 200 meg, which is nothing. Like 200 meg for a video file just goes by in a few minutes. As I, this is still unacceptable. And so for another week, I had to wait until, and I literally had three people, three chatty people on the, um, on the Bluehost side tell me, well, yeah, we, we, we're going to increase your PHP file size. I'm like, whatever that is, go ahead. <laughs> just, just, yeah, if it's as simple as that, kindly do it. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and you have to, on your side, just increase to, to hit this button, and that will bring up the allowable file size on the top. Whatever. And again, two or three more times, they said they would do it. Either they tried to and failed or they didn't. I don't, until I finally got a guy earlier this week who said, yeah, I'm going to increase your PHP file. You increase you know, the allowable size. And oh, but, yeah, oh, you can also put down if you want two or three gig. I'm like, really? <laughs> you mean the way I was years ago when I had no trouble uploading two or three gig size movie files to my website? And then suddenly it stopped for no good reason, uh, even though I upgraded to like professional whatever website hosting is, uh, and, and they say, yeah, it should be okay. So last week, last week, if you want to watch last week's show, episode 921, on com, it's actually the full two gig file size. This is the whole actual file for the first time in a couple of years. So I was thrilled with it, whether it will work again tonight or tomorrow, I don't know, or I'll start crunching them back under 500. But either way, it looks like <laughs> that <clears throat> our website is working, the uploads are working. <laughs> so on, you know, on that basic level, like you sort of, after, after root canal, where you go in once and they clean and they go in twice and, this, and then they fix this, and then, uh, you know, all you want to do is kill dentists everywhere, but you come out and say, thank you, thank you, oh dentist. For, for fixing my mouth, and I don't have to come back for a while. Oh, thank you. I feel like that with Bluehost. It's got, you did it. You fixed it. You made it happen. It, my site is working. It's working better than it had been for the past two years. That why, and, and uh, forgetting you, that amnesia that you get. I'm like, why did it take you a month to fucking figure this shit out? You know? No, no. It's like, <sighs> all is right in the neighborhood world again. Where it is 20 to 10 Eastern Time here in the neighborhood. We're doing our 922nd episode, and we're calling it, by the way, Thrust and Parry. Parry being for our upcoming guest, Al Parinello, who is a Broadway producer, off-Broadway producer, former odor, oh, former odor, <laughs> former owner of a radio station out in New Jersey. He is the owner of a theater out in New Jersey. He's also had experience in cable and producing stand-up comedy and being a comedian himself. There's, there's, there's just a lot to unpack and talk about with Al Parinello joining us in the neighborhood quite shortly with the one, the only, the Jewish, Rabbi Saul Solomon himself. Rabbi Saul uh, has, of course, had a busy week 
dealing with not only the all the anti-Semitism in the world, but also with Hanukkah. I hope you had a happy and good holiday. It was a very strange one for Jews all over the world. It was kind of nice to see all the people on Facebook uh, very specifically lighting a menorah and like popping that menorah as their homepage picture or, or their, their everyday, here's the sixth candle, here's the seventh candle, here's the eighth candle. That's kind of a fuck you to all the people who want Jews off the planet and Israel off the map. Yeah, we lit this year. This year, we do Hanukkah every year. It's kind of, we do it because you know, Christmas is so important. It's nice. We remember we're Jewish. This year is a little different. This year is like, hey, eight fucking candles. Yeah, yeah. Watch them glow. Watch them burn, baby. And Joyce and I, even, even this year, were more diligent about candle lighting. We bought this really uh, pretty sort of remainder menorah at... I guess it was either Marshalls or Coles or Home Goods, one of those places. It's kind of neat. It's kind of it's like fun for the the retarded kid in your family because you can just play with everything. You can move the little spoky things so you can turn it into. Is that we thought it was just pretty the way it was and didn't even realize that it had all this maneuverability. Wee wee. So, but <clears throat> you know, I think it says everything about the the joy and excitement of being. No. I, from the front, it looks better like this. The the joy, and yet at the same time, the sadness and disappointment that's built into Jewish life, no matter you know what country, no matter who you are or where you are. This is this on that. Ooh, they curve. They, this is really a brilliant thing. I'm having. <laughs> this is better than fidget spinners, man. Um, but one thing about this really really cool menorah, which looked great, lit lit up. Um, we, we did the all eight days, but the pockets are pretty deep, which is good because it means the candles don't fall over. But when the candles burn down and then you have to do the candles the next day, suddenly every single night, Joyce had to be in there, and, and I did a little too, but she did most of it, of like taking a tweezers and almost ruin, ruining a good pair of tweezers by having to go in there and like dig because like the candle would burn down just a bit below the, the top of the candle holder hole, if you will. And she, <laughs> no, but she had to dig into the hole with tweezers and start grabbing at the thing. And sometimes it's very satisfying because you, you do it, so it's like plucking a baby out of the uterus. You just kind of grab it and you take like a, this much candle and you drop it away and, and it's perfect. Other times you kind of sort of, it's more of an abortion. You gotta sort of dig into it, break up the wax, kind of spill out the extra wax. Look at that. Extra wax just literally came out on the table here. Oops. Oopsie. Joyce will kill me. This is her desk. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, dig at it, dig at it, you know, flush it out. And so it takes longer sometimes to clean up after the candle's burning than it does. Oh my God. Look at all this schmutz. Ay, 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 and schmutz. And it's waxy schmutz. So it can't get, I want to get stuck to the table here. Um, oh yeah. Shh, don't tell Joyce I did this. <laughs> yeah, look at that, look at that. Look at all that schmutz. Um, but, just bring this in the garbage, folks. But, this is why, you know, we can't have good things. We can't just enjoy, like, the holiday 
it's always going to be like, okay, let's enjoy this. Let's light the candles. It's beautiful. We'll do a prayer. We'll sing a song or two. We'll appreciate what it means to be Jewish and that we had a miracle all those years ago. But, oh, by the way, I'm literally now, after we do this, we have to peel off, like, tons of wax and dig at it and get it out. And, and there's nothing more Jewish than having a wonderful moment and then seeing it ruined by the work and travail that comes after it. You know, it's just uh, you know, like what's happening in the Middle East right now. There's nothing more, more, um, more heartening than after the events of October 7th, 2023, that a day later, Israel started you know, kicking ass, taking names, bombing, bombing, revenge, revenge, retaliation. And we knew, we knew that if revenge lasted more than a day and a half, the world would turn against us, which it has. <laughs> if we actually went out there and tried to truly take back Gaza and destroy Hamas, uh, they'd give us a day or two because the world felt a little sad and shocked about what Hamas did on, on you know, killing 1,400 Israelis. Uh, and, then, and then it's like, okay, they really, it was a surprise attack. They killed all these innocent people. We'll give you a couple of hours to, to get it out of your system and go kill some Hamas people. But, you know, when, when Netanyahu who warned them, it's like, no, this is not a day or two operation. We're going to be at this for months. We're going to go at them in tunnels. They're going to be hiding in fucking hospitals and churches. And we're not going to stop until we obliterate this cancer on the soul of the world. And he's been true to his word. Whatever he knew or didn't know about the attacks, whatever um, corruption that he might or might not be involved in, it's basically been, okay, you attacked us, you started a war, we're gonna be in that war and we're gonna fucking finish that war, right? And, and so the world went after the first day or two, well, what, you haven't, you haven't gotten your revenge yet? I haven't gotten out of your system. And like a week goes by and it's like, no, we're, we're just getting started. And now the world is like, how can you get stuff? The Palestinians, they can't eat. They got no place to go. It's like they shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know, Israel gave them several days to get out of where they were living. Because Israel, look, you know, if you live here, you can, you can keep living here, but we're going to bomb. <laughs> okay. We're not going to be a surprise. This is not, we're not surprising you. You're not going to wake up in your bed and then die in your bed because, oh, suddenly cluster bombs are coming through your window. We're going to start bombing. And we gave, Israel gave them like 24 hours notice and then Biden convinced Israel, to, no, 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 24 hours isn't enough. They got to get out of town. They got to get into another country. They got to get to the borders. Uh, so Israel's buying and gave them more than a week, more than a week to get out of Gaza. Some left, some didn't. The ones who didn't are getting bombed and starving and uh, not having lights or electric, whatever it is. Don't care. Not crying one teardrop. I'm sorry. You know, they had their chance. Leave. Um, and Israel is trying. It's, it's kind of funny. It's like Gaza has no food. Gaza has no light. Gaza has a... Meanwhile, they still got bombs. <laughs> meanwhile, they still have guns and bullets. If they if they'd spent all that money on food and stuff and helping and medicine and helping the Palestinians long before October 7th, it would be a whole different Israel, be a whole different world, wouldn't it be? But they did, but they didn't. And now, and now Israel has to take shit from every left-wing celebrity, all these moronic 
college kids, not just the Ivy Leagues, we hear about the Ivy Leagues, but all, all, all across campuses of like, uh, uh, colonialization, it's like, you know, Jews were never there. It's like, Jews were never there. It's, you know, <laughs> I mentioned this last week. Um, Jesus was, of course, if you believe in Jesus, which I do not, but Jesus was a rabbi in walking around Bethlehem and so forth in a, what, zero A.D., 2,023 years ago plus, which means there were rabbis even before zero, which means that Jews were not first in Israel in 1948. Like, we, we have some stake in the land going way back before then. So to say that we, we sort of stepped in and colonized the place is kind of like, I don't have anything funny to, to mention about that. Just to say, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> we belong there as much as anybody else. And, and for the Palestinians or Arabs to say that we belong there too, it's like, yeah, you, you could, you would, if you live peaceably, you know, if you didn't attack us, if you weren't terrorists, if you weren't going to, you know, offices where cartoonists and France draw cartoons and blow their heads off, if you didn't come up to writers, Pulitzer winning writers like um, Salman Rushdie and stab his eye out, yeah, if, if you if you could behave like a civilized nation, um, we, we could talk. Until then, when you behave like the way you've been doing, we uh, come back and say, okay, we're just going to turn all this land into a parking lot. If you don't like it, get the fuck out or fight to the death, but it will be to the death because we're going to kill you. And, you know, how did I get on that? Oh, Hanukkah. <laughs> the resilience of the Jewish people. The oil burning for eight days and eight nights or, or whatever it is. So, not, not or whatever it is. Eight days and eight nights. Lighting the lights of a lantern. Let's push this up. Let's make these nice again. There we go. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's a really lovely piece. But again, this, this you know, I, I, I dug more wax out. And, and the more you use it every year, it's going to have this accumulation. And the problem is when it's got the candle, the old candle stuff in there, you have to dig it out because the new candle won't fit on. What my mom does and has been doing since I was a child is, you, know, you ever do this? You burn a little bit of the bottom of the candle. So you melt that and then that sort of sticks in because then you got the melty and soft. It goes right in and stays. But then you're just making more wax that you have to dig out and clean up. So I don't, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was a pretty candelabrum, a pretty, as they say, Chanukiah. We call it a menorah, but it's a, it's a Chanukiah that we were proud to have this, this particular time, this particular year. And I hope you had a fine, a fine and happy Hanukkah yourselves. Well, what else do I need to tell you before we bring our guest into the neighborhood. Does does Mr. Rogers have anything to say? This can feel good when you're just about to do something that you know is wrong and you decide to do something else, something that won't hurt you or anybody else. Doesn't that feel great? That's the only moment in, in history, I think that Mr. Rogers kind of made your blood pressure go up a little bit, that you know, it's just the way, that little thing in his voice that you know is wrong. I was like, whoa, fuck, Mr. Rogers does have a temper. Because you never figure, you, you never, ever, ever see that. Um, but you, you can kind of feel like, you know, doesn't it make you feel good when you know you're about to do something that you know is wrong? Then you feel better about it. Fuck, Fred, jeez. 
you know, someone didn't take his Darvon that morning. But anyway, what else do I have to talk about? Before we get to Al Paranello in the neighborhood, Rabbi Saul Solomon in the neighborhood, plus Grizzly Times, plus our Bunyan Watch, plus our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we're going to La Porte, Colorado, La Porte, Colorado. Oh, I had, um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's one little other story that I, I wanted to tell, which is stuff that you just don't expect. I've been listening to, um, in the car, I've been listening to the diaries of David Sedaris. It's called The Carnival of Snackery. Because I, I listened to one of his books and really enjoyed it, so I, I grabbed another one. And this is really, it's diary entries over a decade-long period of David Sedaris. And, and the agglomeration of them, the accumulation is kind of cool because when you start listening, it's like, geez, you know, so he had breakfast here and he went to this country and he went here. And sometimes it, the, the details are really mundane, but they overall do have this kind of interesting feeling of a life going by, a very privileged life going by. But also he makes room for very funny things and incidents. And incidents that are barely anything, and yet they still have a little something to them, like a little haiku size short story. And um, so I had a moment like the kinds of things that you would hear in or read in David Sedaris's diaries here. I was in the bathroom. I always have bathroom story. I was in the bathroom yesterday at um, Johns Hopkins because I wasn't neither Joyce nor I was a patient patient. We were just having some, you know, a, a thing to do there. But um, so we were at Johns Hopkins. I go to use the bathroom, right? And um, it's, a, it's a urinal, and there's a stall right next to it. No big deal. So, but the problem is this being a hospital, a public place in Baltimore. There's the urinal, and then there's like a puddle of what could be water or what could be pee is directly in front of the urinal. So I'm like, great, okay. So I step around to the side of the urinal to pee because I'm, I'm even in, in in my sneakers. I don't want to just you know casually stand and piss. So I I angle to the side of the urinal to where I can stand on dry land, and I start, and then I notice. It's so awful. Um, so this, next to the urinal is an actual stall, a closed stall with a toilet in it. And, and there's, there's some gap between the wall of the stall and the back wall. And there's also, because it's a fairly nice hospital you know, medical center area, the, the, the back wall is marbly sort of shiny. It's like dark onyxy. And, and shiny and polished and, and very nice, but also kind of reflective. <laughs> so I'm able, accident, completely accidentally, I'm, I'm angled, I'm, I'm literally like this on the urinal, and I notice, not from the gap between the stall wall and the back wall, but from the reflection on the back wall, that there's a large, rather fat man, who, and his ass is on the toilet, and I can literally see his, like, this guy's ass and him on his cell phone. <laughs> and I just start, I'm, I, I, I didn't out loud, but I started cracking up. I'm like, I shouldn't be seeing, you know, people have this illusion of privacy. And I'm literally able to watch this person take a shit by, <laughs> by seeing his reflection on the wall. And I can literally, I can see it hunched over because uh, his, his giant ass on the seat 
and him, you know, I couldn't see what was on his cell phone. It, it wasn't like a two-way mirror, but I'm like, there, there should probably be some kind of solution for this, some kind of fix, either make the, um, the surface of the wall a bit duller so you don't have a reflection or cover up maybe the, the gap thing so that you can't, whatever it was, it was, it was quite a wonderful moment. It was kind of, you know, if I, if I were really weird and perverted, I would just kind of stand at the, um, at the urinal and wait for the next person to just, you know, sit on the toilet and watch what they do. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's, Oh, um, inter interesting, interesting. So they blot and then they, that's how they wipe. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I just loved the moment. It, it was, again, it was a carnival of snackery type moment for old Dave in the neighborhood. Anyway, it is only a minute or two before 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And guess what? We have a guest coming to the neighborhood. Two guests, really. Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And he will be interviewing entrepreneur and producer, and man about town, if you will, Al Paranello should be a lot, a lot of fun in the neighborhood. So I'm going to get the rabbi's music up. Stick around for much more of Dave's Gone. Where's the rabbi's music? There it is. Dave's Gone by! Shalom, my friends, and shalom, my enemies. This is your old pal, Rabbi Saul Solomon, the founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And what a delight, what a, what a thrill it is for me to be here with you and to be here with a guest in this neighborhood today. Someone who's had an incredible career in media, in television, in theater, anything artsy, in radio as well. He is not, I believe, Jewish, unfortunately. He, I, I, I'm pretty sure from his name, Al Paranello, that he is, is a Goyan, possibly Italian. We'll ask him because, uh, you know, it's important to ask these kinds of questions. We're waiting for him to enter the neighborhood as we speak, uh, and we're hoping that he will, which is killing a little time now. So let me, let me uh, tell you a bit more about him. So off-Broadway, off-Broadway. In the very, very long run of the off-Broadway show, The Fantastics, you must have heard of it. So it was running since the early 1960s. He came in as a producer much later on in the run of the show. He also produced a show off-Broadway about Tennessee Williams. He also produced on Broadway, the people in the picture. He owned a radio station in 
New Jersey, and he was on some level helped and, and was responsible for the comedy career of Andy Kaufman. So won't you please welcome to the neighborhood and give a big Goyesha Shalom to our new friend of the neighborhood, Al Parangello. Shalom, Al. You got to say something. Amazing. It's amazing. I just don't know how you do it. Uh, by the way, I've I've uh, I've decided to uh, change my name for this interview. It's uh, Al Paranellowitz. Oh, you've made me happy already. You you've made me want to get circumcised again, just because of that beautiful. So, but are you are you Italian? Are you one of those uh, those Italiano, people? Italiano, yeah, and uh, and we're very proud. I'm I'm proud to tell you that the uh, derivation of the the last name Paranello actually means rancid cheese. Is that, see, I don't know whether to trust you on this because you worked with Andy Kaufman for all this. So does it really mean one of those horrible blue, like French Italian cheeses things? Mm. It really does. Yeah, stinky. So, stinky. See, this is I why you don't believe in cheeses. <laughs> I do comedy. But ladies and gentlemen, so Al, what, first of all, what are you doing with your life right now? In other words, what are you working on? You own a theater, but what is your main goal? Well, you know, I, I have a I have a company, uh, Paranello Entertainment, uh, LLC. Let's not talk about that. But uh, this company owns uh, a theater, and um, we I purchased this theater seven years ago. It's uh, it's called Surflight Theater. It's located in uh, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, uh, which is an interesting. Uh, you know, you go back to why do theaters exist outside of Broadway, right? I, and, I wonder about that myself. Yes. Well, because people uh, people started leaving New York City and the big cities when the weather got too hot, right? So smart, very smart people decided to put summer theaters up in places that were by lakes and by oceans. This particular one uh, was invented in 1950. Uh, and it literally wasn't even a building. It was it was uh, four posts and and a tent on a beach in Long Beach Island, and people would flood to this place. Now, even today, this like, would flood because yeah, everyone's a lot of water would just go. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I meant. And and um, so what happens is um, today there are only ready for this only like eight to nine thousand homes on this big giant island that's like eighteen miles long and very, very thin, right on the beach, right on the beach. But in the summer, in the hot weather, there are 150,000 people walking around looking for something to do. And that's why we sell out every show we do virtually. But here's the deal. You bought this, uh, this theater about seven years ago. Try right. to get it back up on the street, try to get it going. And then COVID hit. At that oh. point, did you just go like, uh, or, oh, yeah. or did you think about Getting rid of that, it, or did you say, yeah, we'll wait this out and no problem? We had a we had a great couple of years, really great, because the, the theater had gone bankrupt and it had closed. And uh, so, you know, it took somebody to come in, uh, you know, to to buy it and rebuild it and hire the right people and so on and so forth. And and I was in the right spot at that point. Uh, and I and I received a call from the uh, from the guy that really was running the theater. And uh, and he basically said, uh, out of nowhere, would you like to buy a theater? And um, and he ruined my Christmas that year. He he really did. He totally ruined because I had to go through all the numbers. And while everybody else was celebrating and having parties, I'm looking at numbers and 
you know, sending letters back and forth to the government uh, because it's a it's a nonprofit. And that means every dollar that was ever created is on file. I needed to look at the trends. Why did it go bad? Uh, you know, when did it go bad? Uh, what happened? Let me ask what you, was... why did it go? You have a, you have a room. Was, how many seats is it? Like 400? 450. 450. So what what went wrong that you have been, God willing, able to correct? You do shows. Yeah, yeah, musicals, I guess, that people go see. Why did nobody go see? What went, what went, or did you just not get grants? What is it? If I, no, no, if, if I had to put, put one word to define what went wrong, it would be greed. Greed. So, what happened is uh, they had this great staff of people running it. This happens in theater all the time. And then egos get in the way. And, and somebody came in, secretly went to the board of directors and said, you think you're doing well now? Hire me. I know everybody. I can bring everybody in. I can do this. I can do that. So they brought him in and um, and and he destroyed the theater. I mean, he basically did everything wrong. Everything. He raised the prices too high. He, um, uh, you know, he had people come in who were his friends who weren't exactly wonderful at what they did. And and they and, and suddenly money was missing. And, you know, it, it goes like that. So uh, and this was all the evidence was there. You know, you see you see, oh, look, growth, growth, growth under the old uh, administration. And then suddenly what's going on? No one's coming. Why? Is that, is that greed or is that just incompetence? It's like he threw money not not into his own bank account, but he just I. I, I I think incompetence was a part of it, but uh, this was a this was a person who just had an ego the size of you know uh, heaven, and and he just thought he was the answer to everything, and just destroyed the theater. So it it sat it sat empty for a couple of years, and that's when I got that fateful call. And and you know, and I I was you know I I I, I thought it wasn't exactly on my mind to do this, but I thought this would be. You know, pretty good. I'm here to tell you that we're doing so well. It's it's absolutely absurd. Halloway, I would knock wood, but that's a Christian thing. So halloway, toy, 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 through the fingers is what we we spit through our fingers. Paranella wits, Paranella wits. And well, there you go. We spit through the fingers, not so much as a superstition, but to get the phlegm out. But my my question though is, do do you are you completely a rental house, or do are you producing shows there, or what is your role, if if you will, at Surflight? You know, my my role is to make sure we've got uh, the right pay people in place. I'm a marketing guy. I do a lot of the you know marketing ideas. I've I've developed. Oh, and by the way, I put a whole just a, I'm, a I'm, hole. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a, a, um, a, a rabid reader, and I have an incredible library, and and I've got over three thousand. Uh, actually, autographed books by by authors. This is just the thing I've been doing. So I decided I was going to put a, a, and it's the only one in the nation, and it's really, really rather cool. I have, uh, you know, I've always worked in the media. I've worked in the entertainment industry, and I've decided to take all of my books that that you know that I could you know part with, and create a a library, a free loan library of only entertainment books. It's all we have, only entertainment. You're not going to read about history. You're not going to read about poetry. It's just entertainment industry. I don't know much about history. Don't know much about biology. But I do know that this is enjoyable. So now, but you have a lending, I got a free lending library. That's not filling the coffers here. But what I'm saying is, when you do a musical, are right. you involved or do you just have people who... Planning stages only. I've got experts who do everything. And and they, you know, and they're they're... they're fanatical about it i mean you know they are just they, they, their their job is to make everybody who comes to see a show 
really smile, really happy, and and continue to buy tickets. And and that's the key to running a a, a theater. And let me uh, ask you, how much is a ticket, either a season ticket or a single ticket to a, a musical a they show? Range, yeah, no, no. It's it's uh, the the top price, and this is a beautiful thing, is like forty four dollars for a ticket. The uh, you know, and they go down. Uh, the kids' prices are in the thirties, low thirties, and you know, and so on and so. On. But we do a lot of kids shows as well. Uh, this is a factory, you know, this, our, our product is our, whatever appears on us at that stage, but it's a factory. While the actors, we, we hire all of our actors, we have dormitories, we put them up, they, they stay with us all season, right? So, so there were 55 people on stage and off stage, the, the, you know, all of the uh, technicians, so on and so forth. They all live at the theater, they make a commitment, we have contracts, and they're there with us for three months during the summer. Uh, and 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 that's and then we fill it in with shows that we buy and bring in, but those are concerts and comedy shows and things like that. Now, now so, you have brought up this thing of, of concerts. You have produced a whole bunch of concerts in New Jersey and, and other places, and we're talking with like some some pretty well known everything from yeah, to, um, yeah yeah yeah. I'll give you I'll give you an idea of what I produced. Uh, um, and now it's a lot of these things, the, my radio station was was a, a an alternative rock station. Um, so we, we had, you know, it, we were able because I'm a one guy owner and I don't have to report to a board of directors and, a, you know, and, and, and a, um, a corporate headquarters and so on and so forth. We have ideas. We put them into effect almost immediately. And by the way, that is one of the keys to running a business, really, just to to not have to deal with bureaucracy. And 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 I have I have this notion in my mind that's always with me, and that is Al always depend on the negativity and the relaxing attitude of all of your competitors because they don't care. They just get their salaries and, and, and that's not, you know, they don't, they don't have to run their own budgets. They really don't. It's all about, it's all about feeling free in, 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 um, in business. And that's the way I've always done it. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. That's why I run my own businesses. Um, and it, you know, all of this stuff started when I was a teenager. It really did. I was a, a, like a 14, 15 year old. I was writing, I was a TV baby. That's really what I was, a TV baby. Wait, you, were so I'm were sorry? You, you were a transvestite. I'm sorry? You were a transvestite, so you were a girl? or, or no, no. That's, no, 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 that's exactly it. Plus, I love television. <laughs> there you go. That's what makes exactly. it yes yeah, so. And um, I'll go with this any way you want. So the so the bottom line is I would write letters every year. I would write letters to the t to NBC, CBS, and ABC, and and those letters would be really based on just my unique knowledge of what I was watching on TV. And and I would say, by the way, I just read in TV Guide that you've got this new show. Uh, it, it stinks. I mean, it's not a good idea. It's it's ridiculous, and you should not do this. And well, there's, so there's this bigot, and he's running the family. He's got his his daughter with her, her husband living. Well, and it's based on an English show. Come up with something of your own. What can exactly. you do? And then you second another television comedy in a in the Korean War. Who wants to tune into the Korean War? I mean, just just terrible ideas, you know. So thank you. So so the the bottom line is. When the show failed, which it always did, because I was pretty much always correct, I would write them another letter. And I would say, I told you so. Why didn't you listen to me? Do you but remember any of the programs that you bitched about? 
Oh no, the 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 list is too long. I don't have that in my memory banks any longer. That was uh, that was that was. I mean, we're talking many many years ago. I know, it could but, have been Pink Lady and Jeff. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was probably one of them. Yeah. But but so what happened? Yeah. When I got the letters back from like CBS, and I saw on the envelope CBS Television, I began thinking to myself, I'm part of this industry. I'm really part of this industry. I'm going back and forth and I'm getting mail. Now these mail, this mail was coming back from secretaries uh, and, and 94 other people received that same letter that day. Thank you for your, you know, so on and so forth. But it didn't matter to me because those little envelopes, I kept them. I still have them, the envelopes, just the, you know, and, and I didn't want the letters because they never said, thank you very much for your idea. We'll consider it. They never said that. <laughs> but but that was my introduction to the world of television, and 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 that stayed with me. My first job was at ABC Television. Doing and what? What did you do? I was in affiliate relations. I learned how the network worked, and 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 then I was in charge of all of the ads that they couldn't sell. Oh, I would package and try to market in unique ways to get them sold. Uh, so that they could keep some of the profits and ABC would keep most of the profits. Right. So, you know, things yeah, like that. Right. But I learned networking. I, 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 yeah. yeah. And and from there, it was just, you know, a matter of looking around. And and um, I, I found cable television. To me, cable television was coming. It didn't exist. I looked very, very seriously, seriously at it. I started uh, writing letters to the government about this thing called satellite communications, which was going to change the entire industry. I brought it all into my head and I thought, now, how do I, how do I get involved in this stuff? So I, I just started writing letters again. You know, I had all the information from the government about how the satellite works. And, uh, and then I, I started I, I, my first, one of my first jobs that was selling advertising in the uptown uh, um, New York city system, which was owned by teleprompter at, at the time. So, uh, yeah, and I made I made the first um, um, beer commercial for the Nixon Rangers game. And that was like big news to everyone because Schlitz beer was now advertising in Nixon Rangers games. So little things like that, that that just connected me, connected me. And then I started reading the first uh, satellite was being launched. And I, I thought to myself, wow, I now have cable television experience. I have broadcast experience. They should know about me. <laughs> so, so, and, and I also had knowledge. I really had knowledge, techni technical knowledge of how these satellites work. These things are launched. They go into a geosynchronous orbit. You know, here's, here's, here's the earth. Here's the satellite. As the earth turns, the satellite's in the same direction. So the antenna would never get lost. You'd always be able to have a, a geosynchronous, uh, you know, and this was turned me on tremendously. So I started writing letters. Bring sex life there, but all right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That too. And, and, and the, uh, so, so the bottom line is uh, I had an interview, which I almost blew. It's the greatest interview of my life. And, and I'm sitting there, this guy, this old timer, who's a wonderful, wonderful guy is saying, so, you know, we're looking for someone who can be aggressive and understands the cable industry as that's me and understands broadcasting. And, and that's me and understands a little bit about that. That's me satellite. I, I get, and I was talking to him about satellites and we sat there and and the interview was going fantastically well, fantastically well. And, and then all of a sudden, 
And this was a while ago, right? All of a sudden, he lights up a cigarette and he starts puffing the smoke. Now, I've had asthma as a child. And I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? I'm going to start, you know, coughing. I'm going to, this is, this is really, really bad. So I, I um, and this is a unique part of my life. The story I'm telling is, was really, really something else. So I'm thinking to myself, this is going really well, but it's already getting in my nose. My head is getting clogged. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I, I, I really was. And I said, I got to, I got to do something. I just have to. So I said, excuse me, sir, uh, would you kindly put the cigarette out so we can continue because I'm, I'm really starting to feel it. And he was very, very obliged. You know, he obliged me. He said, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But in the back of my head, I'm like, Al, you just blew this interview. This is the greatest interview of your life. This is the most important thing. You just blow it. And uh, we ended the interview and I shook hands and I'm like, Al, you're such an idiot. Why did you do that? Why did you do this guy has your your, your future in his hands? Anyway, I walked out very, very dejected in my own head, but I'm, I'm trying to act like, oh, nothing's wrong. I go home, I'm depressed, I'm depressed for two days, and the phone rings. You got and, the job. And Oh, I thought you were going to say he died of lung cancer, and then <laughs> I hired you. <laughs> it was a terrible funeral, but I, I survived. So what so, did you do for, for HBO and, and uh, Showtime and and? I put him on the bird. I put him on the bird. I, I had high level meetings with with, you know, the presidents and so on and so forth. And we sat down and I, I put together I, I, I explained to them. I was the only guy in this country who was literally doing this routine. This is the earth. This is the satellite. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Technically, I had no idea how this stuff worked. But what I would do is I would because I'm not a technician. I don't understand the science. I understand the marketing. I could sell the concept. The concept. That's all it was. So then if there was doubt, I'd say, why don't you do this? Why don't you allow us to uh, take you and the team up to where we have our, our uplinking facility? And we will show you. We'll put you on camera and we will show you uh, a picture of you uh, here, right here at the facility. And then right next to you, the picture as it comes down from the satellite. And it's like, wow, you know, let's do it. Right there, so, you have him. You have him. You know, and I was interfacing with technical people all this time. I had enough knowledge to understand what would sell this. So we'd stand the president here. We take a picture of him. He's looking at himself on the TV. I said, all right, now it's going to go to the satellite. Ready? I hit it. Boom. The button goes up. One half of a second later, boom, it comes down on the other screen. And so it's like that, leaving a half second. Exactly. Later. Exactly. And that's how this was sold. That's honestly how the first one was HBO. The second one was Showtime. Uh, the Ted Turner, uh, you know, CNN, um, uh, ESPN. ESPN was amazing. ESPN was absolutely amazing. That's my that's my target. Uh, you know, I have stars above that that particular story, because as people began understanding in the industry that this stuff is working and these new satellite dishes were going up all over the, the country, they were called Earth stations back then. Uh, but 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 now they're dishes. And yeah, right. So at any rate, um, I, I walked into I, I got a phone call from uh, from a guy. Uh, his name is Bill Rasmussen. And, and Bill, one of the nicest people in the world, said, I hear you're the guy to talk about uh, to get, uh, you know, to utilize a satellite for video. And I said, yeah, yeah, what do you have in mind? He said, well, um, we're, we're putting together a network uh, and, and uh, for, just for New England. And, and Bill was, was uh, employed by, um, you know, a New England team, a sports team. 
and and he thought satellite would be great. We can we can go all over New England and everybody can, you know, and, and you know, satellite is is an inexpensive way to go because, you know, before that you had to buy terrestrial lines, you know, a line from New York to to uh, Chicago and then from Chicago to someplace else and ultimately to Los Angeles. These things cost a lot of money and it will all charge per mile per dollar. So it was, you know, it was very expensive. Satellite up, down, boom, done. You just you just buy the part of the satellite called the transponder. You lease it, and it just throws the signal back down to a, an ellipsoidal uh, uh, beam that covers the entire country. So I said to Bill, I went to the meeting, and 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 I said to him, why are you only going to use the satellite for New England? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, the satellite covers the country. And he said, you mean to tell me for the same price, we can take our programming and go nationwide? And it was one of those moments in life where you just, he and his son were sitting there, Scott and, and Bill, and they were looking at each other. And they're like, we, we got to do this. We got to do Little did I know, and I'm going to expose something right here. Uh, not, I, not, camera, just, well, well, yeah. <laughs> not that kind of a program. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot. Um, I forgot who I was talking to, Your Highness. So the the um, so the bottom line is, um, you know, uh, we 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 shook hands and they were excited about it because now they had uh, they figured out if we can, you know, expand the programming, we don't only have to do New England. But ESPN was born that day. But here's the thing. What I didn't understand, what I didn't understand is that these guys were broke. They had no they had no money. And you know why? They sat me in this beautiful office. They gave me a nice lunch. They did all the nice stuff. I went back to RCA and I said, these guys are great. They know the stuff. They're seriously you know, committed to the idea. Uh, I had no idea they were broke. But here's the story I'm exposing. ESPN, which is now a multi, multi-billion dollar international company, the largest sports network on earth, right? ESPN was born that day, and the reason it was born, and the reason I went back and told the executives at, at RCA, let's take these people seriously, because satellites was, uh, excuse me, transponders were selling out on at a set of big companies were coming in, ABC, so on and so forth. So um, they went to a bank, and Bill had a credit card, and and Bill slapped his credit card on the table and said to the woman behind the counter. How much can I borrow on my credit card? And the woman looked up his account, right? Looked up his account and, and basically came back and said, we can advance you $8,000. $8,000 they used to rent that office, to buy me lunch, <laughs> and to do all the things, like make stationery, so on and so forth, to make this thing happen. And to where were they going to get the money to buy the to, to rent the transponder? This is how you start a company. You go out and you tell your story. If you have a transponder, everybody is going to want to give you money, and they're going to want to they're going to want to invest in your company. They're going to want to you know be part of this incredible vision that you have. And these were visionary people. Ted Turner, you know, I used to have meetings with him in, in at the airport. I I fly to Atlanta and and we'd have a meeting and we put together. He was trying to put not. CNN, that wasn't in his mind yet. It was his his uh, a TV station, an independent station. It was called the first super station. And it was uh, WTBS. 
Turner Broadcasting Systems. And um, but now he wanted, he, but he wanted to take this this station and leapfrog it all over the country. And what we found out in in you know going to the FCC and saying we want to do this is that uh, it's not legal. You can't. The TV station owner cannot sell the signal outside of its signal area. That's where it was. But if he got a common carrier involved, that's another new words that you know that that all these new things were were developing, then it can happen. So I had to work with the common carrier. Uh, to figure out the system and then apply to the uh, FCC for the rights to do that. It was a, a big, you know. Let me you know. let me ask you, by the way, we're talking with Al Paralelowitz here on Dave's Gone By on the Neighborhood on this Shabbos morning, December 16th, 2023. I am Rabbi Salsa, <clears> of course. <throat> let me ask you, though. So, so you were so ahead of the curve in terms of satellite, in terms of broadcasting and transponders and this and that. So I'm a little surprised that in much more recent times, you went and bought an analog New Jersey radio station as opposed to getting involved with Sirius XM or, or you know, that kind of multi-multi-world broadcasting. What was, right. yeah. So, you know, being the entrepreneur that I was, um, by the way, uh, that's all the great stuff that I was telling. It was fun. It was great. It was vibrant. It was growth. It was boom, boom, boom. But then I had a job you know, in, 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 in a bureaucratic, you know, room, you know, and, and it was just like the nonsense of bureaucracy that just kept coming and coming. And what happened is I got this job at, 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 at Warner, which was great. And I was now the satellite guy. I just sold two transponders to Warner and one became Nickelodeon and the other one became the movie channel. So, that was the that was how I got into programming. And that was great. And it was good. And we were we were opening Nickelodeon all over the country. And I was all over the all over the place. And and I was like, you know, uh, the happiest guy in the world. And then the, the nonsense started. It was like whoever was making the decisions decided we really now have to bring the real television people into this company. So they started hiring people from NBC and CBS and ABC, one of which became the president of this new division of Warner producing all this stuff. And then the president I was sitting with on a daily basis, I'm not going to use names, but this was, you can look it up yourself, but, but this was the president of CBS came to become our boss. We're not talking about Bill Paley. We're talking about someone after Paley, right? Uh, after Bill Paley. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Way after Bill Pilly. So I'm sitting and I'm teaching him his job. And I'm here's how the satellite works. Here's how, you know, the, the receiving works. Here's the expenses. Here's the, this is what you need to know. Boom, I'm giving him a classroom stuff every day. And that was just the beginning of my misery. So then it was like he's calling his people from CBS. And now we've got layers and layers and layers of, of bureaucracy. And I'm, I'm, they're paying me very well. But quite frankly, I was, I was, you know, became bored out of my mind because I was no longer, you know, the, the visionary. I was no longer the guy that, you know, it was now I had boss after boss after boss after boss. So now it's like, well, Al, I think we have to relegate your responsibilities and take this away from you. And, and I thought, okay, time to get out. Just time to get out. I, this is not where Al Perinello is going to spend his life. So um, I created the radio show. 
and uh, and and the radio show was called Your Own Success, and it was all about the success stuff that I've always you know read about and learned in all my in all my uh, books and so on and so forth. And and it was a great show. We started it on WMCA in New York City. Look at guys, yeah. yeah. And um, and and then it expanded There's a whole story, which I won't go into. But the bottom line is we got a call. We'd like you. We'd like to be uh, your syndicator and take that show out to the world. So it uh, became. By, we were by in, the way, uh, Anita, is that your lovely wife or is it? I don't know. Did, did she pop in the picture? The night or who was Anita, did you? Did, Anita, come over here. Say hi to these nice people. Hey, uh, say hi. Say hi. Shalom. All right. She's blonde. Oh, now she's just running back. Hello. Hey, this is you? my beautiful wife, Anita. Hello, beautiful wife, Anita. Yeah. Hello, Hello, to you. This is, this is Anita, Anita Paranellowitz <laughs> and, uh, and Al Paranellowitz. Hi, audience. Okay. She's, she's the person who, who stood by me while all this nonsense was going on. She's a hero. She really is. Or now, a let me ask you, how, how long ago did you meet? When did you meet? How long have you been together? All that stuff. Either one of you could. Uh, Take it. We met, um, we, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary. I know. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> and we went out five years before that. Yeah. Good. So, good to meet. so yeah. it's a long time. And I still love him. Amazing. <laughs> uh, that, this, is, this is astonishing, too. I mean, I'm like this, time. though, with her. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? do what, uh, are you. Anita's a retired teacher. She was a special ed teacher, which is why we get along so well. <laughs> so wait, wait. Al was telling Dave, the producer of this show, that the thing that you should tell children and, and, and young adults is not really to pay attention. What, what did you, how did you put it? How, it was, wow. What did I say? I don't remember what they had, they had to do for advice to, to kids. It's like, don't, don't pay attention to what they're actually telling you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Of... Just, just treat them as adults, you know? I mean, I, I, you know, the, the bottom line is we have two grandchildren now. And, oh, oh goodbye. And, she's and, going off. She's getting... She can't and, and, me anymore already. Yes. And they think I'm crazy, but, you know, because they meet other kids with fathers who go to the office every day in New York. And, you know, I go to studios and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sort of this character... Um, but that's, that's the way life is, you know, I mean, it's, it's very cool. We, we love our lives. We really do. This, and and no, so I, I pulled you away from that. To, 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 you were talking about the, uh, a radio station you wanted, it was available. It was in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And so I bought a radio, sta a stereo, excuse me, a, oh, an, oh, FM, no. an FM radio station station that did not run in stereo. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was run by some some entrepreneur, you know, who had his his head up his foot, and and he um, <laughs> think about that for a second, and and um, he just needed to get out because he was not making any profits, and and so the station was available, but it needed to be upgraded, right? Well, let me I I, I, I keep interrupting you because I'm Jewish, but let me so when you we spend X what was it two hundred three hundred grand on a, on a station. What right. did you get? Did you just get a tower? Did you get a building? Did you get any of the people? I mean, what, what <clears> did you buy? I, when you I got the nothing. What you do is you get a certificate from the government that says you now are responsible for paying all the bills. Um, so I had to go out and rent a building. I had to go out and make sure that the antenna that that that, that uh, the, the station was was, um, um, you know, was using. You don't buy antennas. You lease them. Nobody can buy an antenna. 
it's a very complicated, uh, highly technical business. So I had to lease the antenna so that the signal could get out. But I had to move the station because it was in a, you know, a shack somewhere. And I put it into a nice office in, in a town called well, Summer. Which you still had to pay for beyond the down payment for the state, but beyond the, the actual mortgage or not more. What have you, the, the price that you had? I had to pay cash for the station. And and I had just I had my partners and I have because I'm an entrepreneur I buy businesses I sell them so on and so forth but I had I had a um, a self storage facility um, in, in the Fort Lee New Jersey area you know, with the power so yes. nobody had enough room and and we converted this actually this building that was a dress factory we converted it into a um, a self storage facility and we had 501 units from five by fives to 20 by twenties. Um, and it was, uh, and, and it was unique because we, we had it heated and air conditioned as well. So a lot of the drug companies, you know, when they have samples of drugs, they needed the, the uh, heat and they needed the air conditioning in the summer. So it was a hot facility and we made it a hot facility. And, um, and, 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 and it was not, it was so big that not only would they bring storage wars, but you have storage civil wars. That's right. By the way, if you ever saw that program, Storage Wars, right? Yeah, the yeah. guy that was taking people around for all the auctions, that was me. I, I decided I'm going to do the auctions. So, uh, you know, when people don't pay in a self-storage unit, uh, you have to go through a process. You have to take ads in newspapers and, you know, you have to send them letters and so on. And if there's no response, you get to sell their stuff. But the law is you can't sell it individually. I can't go in and say, oh, that's a nice bicycle. Somebody give me $20 for it. You sell the room and whichever. And so that's the way it's done. You open it up and they're not allowed to go in and inspect. They're going to they all they can look at the room and make an offer. And that was fun. That was really fun because. Yeah. And you, somebody, were the auctioneer. You, would, you would be the one saying, you know, uh, the yeah. video starts with, you know, $300 on this entire unit. Exactly. I want to start this because, you know, we're looking at, I think, uh, you know, my, we're going to start this room with $200. Who's got $200? Who's got $200? I got it. I got it. Okay. Who's got $210? who has got $220? who has got $200? It goes up and up and up. And you try to get the highest price. All I wanted to do at that point is to just get rid of the room so I can rent it again because it's not making any money for us. So if I can get a little cash to pay some of the bills that were not paid, that's nice. That's all. It's, it's not like a way to get rich. But the people who bought those rooms, oh, my God, some of the stuff. One guy had a bunch of boxes in the way of his motorcycle. And, and they got a motorcycle for like a couple of hundred bucks. Another guy found a couple of diamond rings. Uh, another guy found, now I know how religious you are, so I don't, I only, I don't want to go too far here. May I, may I just? Oh, you may. Oh, uh, you okay, may. okay. Yes. So it was, it was uh, sadomasochistic uh, furniture. <laughs> <laughs> was, was my DNA still on it? I'm just. <laughs> did, you and, ever find and, a body? did you ever find like a corpse or, a, or like a an aborted fetus? No. Or something we found it? we found a few guns, um, and and that's the law is you have to re report them uh, immediately to the police who come and take them and all that stuff. No one can keep guns if if that's if that's the case. So, uh, but but there was there was a motorcycle. There was um, you know all that S and M stuff. There there was. Uh, how how oh, much did way, you take home? Ask that wife of yours. Well, I, was there a swing, perhaps, with a, a the, no, no? The, the, no, not, the no. spanking bench stayed there. Stayed there. Uh, but I do have the pic. No, there was actually a portfolio of pictures of the users. 
and um, uh, that that was kind of unique. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but at any rate so these and, and i wonder why they went broke and anyway but that's what happens you, you know but when that was an exciting you, business you got I mean, I tired of this or you saw the radio station for selling you just it was like you sold or you sold your part of the, the storage facility yeah and then i used that money to buy the radio station which is really the business i wanted to be in and yeah. and it was a couple of hundred grand and and um and, but I, I I sold that radio station for like a, a lot a lot more than that. You told me uh, so, you, you told Dave the other day it was some nice yeah, yeah, yeah. retirement change right there. You you never have to work yeah. again if you don't want to. But, so you know between the radio show, the radio station, the satellite work, um, I, I decided you know let me start investing in um, in shows in in actually producing you know shows. Um, so when I had the radio station, which became, you know, very, very hot, by the way, I do have a list of some of the, some of the people I, I produced Snoop Dogg. I produced, um, uh, Kid Rock. Uh, I, I wait, 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 wait. You, you have asthma and you have problems with clouds of smoke. How right. close could you get to Snoop Dogg back in the day? <laughs> I mean, Let me talk about smoke, but come on, you know, how did you manage it? The the puff in your face. Like, I know, I know, I know. It was it was a tough room to handle. It was a tough room. Uh, so you know, all kinds of groups like Stained and uh, Three Doors Down, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, um, yeah, 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 big big stuff. And but but what happened is the the casinos in Atlantic City. Because my, my station was South Jersey. Uh, the casinos were all over the place. I started producing smaller shows um, in, in uh, nightclubs, in, in, in taverns, uh, you know, popular, you know, places like that. Big bars where the kids would come. And, and the lines for some of these shows that I saw, I bring in all this talent. The lines were going around the block. And I'm no fool. I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, why... Why are we doing this? Why don't we try to take some of this stuff to the casinos that have the big rooms, thousands of, you know, thousands of uh, seats. So um, we started making some calls. The next thing I know, I get I get a call from uh, this this manager of of one of the casinos. Uh, We'd like to come down and talk to you about a relationship. So um, so that's how this thing manifested. And then next thing I know, I'm producing shows at the various casinos. I. I'm a guy who, who's just, you know, uh, just a guy. I didn't know anything about these businesses. I was learning rapidly. But then but then one day uh, I went to this casino. Uh, I got a call from the president of, of this casino. And basically it was the Plaza Casino on, on the boardwalk. And, and he said, um, I'd like you to uh, do some shows here. Um, but I, as I walked in, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, these people look very you know, elderly here. I see a lot of wheelchairs and a lot of, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, oxygen, you know, and I'm thinking my rock shows are just not going to do well here. Now, this is a key. This is a key to, to something that I think is very important. So I remember, I remember saying uh, to this guy, uh, and I don't know where it came from. I just don't know where it came from. It was just like, you. I think the mind grows as the experiences are, are lived. And I said to him, have you considered doing Broadway musicals? And, and this was the key question he asked me. He said, can you do that? <laughs> you said the first thing that came into your mind, yes. And, 
I have this concept that has grown in my head and it's called the way we speak is the, is the evolutionary bridge to everything. Um, so the concept that I, I built that I utilize often is to speak in the assumed tense, not the present tense, the assumed tense. You know what you know back here. You know who you know back here. You have it all. It's there. Your brain makes the decision for you. It clicks in the assumed tense. My answer to his question was, yes, I could do that. I wasn't lying. I was knowing who I knew, what I knew, and answered brilliantly. Yes, I can do that. And he said, well, he said, if you can do that, that makes more sense. Because I said, I think you're too old for a rock concert. And you're not bringing speed. Right? Yeah. Maybe Joe so, Vance, maybe, maybe Tom Jones, you could bring them in. Well, that, <laughs> that answer became, um, became a two-year the rest of my life. Um, I started, um, it took me about nine months to get this started because of the bureaucracy and you know, all the And they realized stuff. that. You, you warned them, look, I can't do it next month. No. If we do no. this, it's going to take, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to assemble the pieces. But the funny thing is, I started, um, I started thinking, who can help me do this in my list of names and people I've acquired along the way? So over and over, I heard people say, Al, you really don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a theater in Long Beach Island who is doing this already. Why don't you just go up there, talk with them, and do a relationship? Just just relate well, well, with well, them. But Surf Light wasn't bringing in equity national tours the way a, a casino would. Surf Light was, I thought they were doing kind of their own thing. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. They were putting Broadway musicals together on a regular basis, and they were doing well with it. That was in the days that were doing well. Right. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so I went up, and I sat down with their artistic director, and I said, I have an opportunity to, to really do a big, big deal down in Atlantic City. Um, I've never produced a Broadway musical in my life. You do it every day. Let's partner. Let's work out a deal. I'm the producer, you, you produce. We're the line producer, yeah, okay, got it, yeah. <laughs> and, nice. Well, they don't, they don't know him from a, a hole in the wall, but they knew the, all the work I was doing. I had to be the top billing guy. So, um, so, so we- they made, just bring the shows they were doing at Surf Light into, Antle no, no you, could, you had to be bigger than that. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. That was my learning curve, you know? I mean, I, my assumption was, hey, they'd finish up a show there, they bring it down, down here. No, it wasn't that simple. We had to recreate. And what we did uh, through them is we did all of our hiring, all of our casting in New York City. We had a special dispensation uh, arranged with the uh, rights uh, the, 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 to get the, the rights and to use some equity, most equity people to put the, we reinvented the wheel. We literally negotiated 
a whole new way. They loved it because actors would get more work. That's all. That's what that's what they cared about. They'd be on, on the shore in New Jersey in July and August. It's like, why not? You know, yeah. Exactly. Although exactly. actually, Atlantic City wouldn't be. They, they would, that would be any time of, of year. Exactly. That's kind of exactly. So it was, uh, it, it, it really was a, um, you know, a, a great relationship. And that's the guy who called me so many years later, seven years ago, and said, Al, would you like to buy a theater? And I, and I thought, yes, because I know these people. I know this theater. It's a beautiful, beautiful theater. I mean, really, it's gorgeous. It's all being re-shingled now, you know. Um, it, it's, it's, just, it's just beautiful. You have, you have your season set for 2024? Do you know yeah. what you're going to be doing in July? What, what, what are the shows? Uh, million dollar, um, uh, what was that? Million dollar quartet about, uh, quartet. thank you. Yeah. That, by the way, that was the first year that I had the theater. We did that show, and I was blown away by the show. Do you know the show? I just said, good, I've, I've seen Elvis it. and, uh, the, you know, all the, I think the you should do, but, but you should do a version with Shlomo Karbach, Yafa Yakoni, Speak right. Up, and, uh, of I course, know, and Snoop Dogg, just, just absolutely, for yeah. absolutely. Uh, so um and, and then we're doing oh i don't i wish i had it in front of me i'm sorry i should have had no, it on my desk because uh, all the, surflight is no surflight.org surflight.org you'll see all the new shows uh that you know and and it's going to be a hell of a scene and on top of that it's the it's the theater's 75th anniversary so we so we are doing we're doing a lot of unique things for the entire year. No, it's it's just been a wonderful, wonderful business. And and uh, and and by the way, you you mentioned the, the um, you know the um, COVID thing that came right in the middle of of this. We actually built a tent across the street from the theater, and it was a gigantic a gigantic circus tent. And we were one of only twelve theaters in America that were opened. It was basically outside. People were big, big outside. Uh, yeah. Open, you know, flaps open. We had fans, and then, and plus, we we also separated groups of people, so no one sat next to each other. And and it was like a, it was just a beautiful thing. Now we couldn't do the four dimensional things that we do in the studio, but it, it was fine. People wanted to be out. They wanted to see shows. They wanted, you know, to have fun. And we were right across the street from the what theater. Is, what what is the fourth dimension? I know there's three. There's three. Where, where the, where's four come from? It, four? It, it, because no. we are so special, we always add a dimension. And and in a, and in a, in addition to that, Surflight Theater also has um, Showplace, and Showplace is where we do the show after the show. Um, show Showplace is an ice cream parlor, but it's a but your ice cream is served by singer dancers. And between all the, the meal, by the time you come in, it's an hour show. And we do a show from, from 7 to 8, 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11, and 11 to midnight if, if there's people but online. The National Parlor is open even during the, pro, even during the actual production. Correct. Yeah. And, so. and this is a whole separate staff of people. These are not the actors we use for the shows because they're doing, you know, they're rehearsing one show in the afternoon and doing one show at night and four days a week doing also a children's show. It's a factory. It's a factory. So and it's just an incredible business. And, and, and our, 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 our product, our shows in every way imaginable. 
and and it just keeps going. I just wish the season was longer. You know, we we start in June. We go actually. I was there uh, two nights ago because we're doing a Christmas show right now. We're doing the Christmas story. You know, with the kid with the tongue on the pole. Well, right? If how's the weather? Are you able to do? Are there people? The pe well, we are we are loading up. It's it's like people come in just for the Christmas you know show. They come and we do two so weeks. If you can do that, why not do a season all year long? Or is that just not feasible? No, because the people go home. They go live their lives. It's, 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 you know, I mean, there's not enough people on the island to support it. Uh, or it, it it's filled with second homes. So people from Philadelphia, from New York City have second homes in Long Beach Island. I live in Bergen County. Bergen County is the zip code for Bergen County is the third largest second home uh, uh, owners of Long Beach Island. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's, it all works this way very well. It really does. And by the way, you need months to put together the next season. You oh, need oh, months yeah. to do all the paperwork, to make the agreements, to sign the contracts and negotiate, you know? So, so this is a beautiful, it, it's like an eight month, uh, a theater because we stretch the shows we're now doing uh we've got the uh the jersey tenors coming in for new year's eve and we'll do two shows one at five one at eight totally sold out totally sold all 450 seats you can't get a ticket i i you know but you should everybody should go to the web page and, and take a look at what we do i do a show yeah sorry mm -hmm. I, I do a show uh about every show uh, that we do there with uh with our artistic director steve steiner so he and i talk about the show that's coming up we talk about the history of the show where it came from so on and so forth so you'll see you'll see that there as well uh it's surflight.org take a look at it it's 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 worth your time surflight.org because you don't have a website of your own that people can go to where they can follow oh. Yes, you produced the Fantastics, right? <laughs> that was the revamp, right? That was when uh, it was at uh, Revival Street or something like that. It was uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it was the um, um, what's that? Snapple it was the Snapple Theater for a while, yeah, yeah. and now it then became the New York Theater. Was uh, that worth it? But did did you get enough customers to come back to the Fantastics during that? Because it ran a while, long oh, after yeah. it closed at the uh, on Sullivan Street. So right. Was, right. it work, was it a good uh, did it work out well? It, it well, what happened is the answer is yes and no. Um, uh, you know, we had we had full days, two three days a week. Uh, audience was sparse some of the some of the nights. You know what the biggest problem was? Uh, the biggest problem was the fact that Broadway started using laser beams and waterfalls, and that's what people went to see. They went to see the incredible big, the big giant productions with, you know, with all kinds of special effects and lights and zoom and, you know, and then the Fantastics is exactly the opposite. It's a small and, and, a, and a harp, you know, yeah. but, but here's the deal that that's, yeah, you can say that, but since Miss Saigon and the, the falling chandelier of Phantom, I mean, that was the eighties. So I know. to say that 25 years later, it's still, people are going to, for the boom right. of Broadway, I mean, they had been for a long time. It's not right, right. But but the Fantastics to me were uh, one of the greatest moments of my life because I love that show so much. Um, when I was a kid, back I guess I was I don't know fifteen or something. My my mother and father uh, divorced, and my father remarried, and uh, and she was a unique lady. 
um, and she decided that for their wedding, uh, they would not do the traditional thing, but rather they would, um, they would, she bought the theater out. Uh, it was a small theater, the Sullivan Street Theater, yeah. right? 111 seats, I think it was. And and that's where we, we and, and she took me there. And I was like, um, I, I play stickball in the afternoon. Who needs a show, you know? And and I was just like, I sat there and I watched this small show and it had such an incredible effect on the rest of my life. It really, really did. It was just like, what is happening on that stage? I can't believe it. It was a, just a beautiful event. I'll never forget it. Um, so we started going uh, when Anita and I met. Uh, uh, my thing, by the way, is as I was going, uh, I was dating, you know, these 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 ladies. Uh, I would take them to see the Fantastic. This was always the first date. It was always the first date. Every, every single, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Tinder and, like four times a week. <laughs> hey, let's go see. I show we're going to see. But the more I saw the show the more I fell in love with it. It just, it, it was endearing to me. It was like, what is this? The, the words were so beautiful. The, 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 uh, the simple attitude of the show, you know, and to, to mold it around moonlight and sunlight, how simple and wonderful and beautiful is that? So I was like enamored by it. I was enamored. I started playing it on my harmonica. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm a harmonica player, and 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 uh, and I'm thinking these these, these songs. I mean, try to remember. I mean, the, the song... I can't. But no, I can't. <laughs> no, how about hey? How about the classic of all classics? Plan a radish, get a radish. a radish, not a sauerkraut. Da, 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 da. That's what life's about. I mean, yes, that's right. Now, just, you, know, you must have known our, our our late friend of the neighborhood who was on this program a couple of years ago who was in the show late in life. You must have uh, known Tom well, Jones. And what, what oh, yeah, oh. Uh, you, you're asking me, have I met Tom Jones? Do well, I know? Of course you met him. you were producing the show. You I, must have met, he was playing. Absolutely, and he was playing the part, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's funny, I, you know, humor is always important to me. And uh, Tom and I were, were buddies, you know, we knew each other, we sat down and talked, and had many, many discussions together. I loved the guy. Um, you know, as I did his, his, uh, you know, his, his associate. And, and as a matter of fact, when I had my radio show back to WMCA, back to doing the local show on radio, I love the fantastic so much that I called one day and I said, look, I do this radio show on WMCA. Uh, I love your show. I'd like to do something every week on the fantastics. And they said, hold on, hold on. Let me put, and, and they put, and they put. Harvey the, Schmidt got on the line. What would you like to do? Yeah, Harvey. So, and Harvey and, and, uh, and, and, and Tom, uh, I had them come in to, to, uh, to the studio at WMCA. We played the songs from the Fantastics and we announced that every week there would be a Fantastics uh, a contest. And we would give away tickets to the Fantastics, right? So, uh, and I and that I incorporated that into into my life way back then. I love this show so much. I didn't do this out of you know out of any any other reason except I love that show. I dedicated my life to that show. When I got the call, when I got the call that they were wondering if I'd be interested in producing it as as as, as the, the lead producer for the show. I was like a kid. I was like a kid on Christmas morning. 
Hanukkah. I thought Catherine Russell, but maybe she was just the landlord of the. Uh... Yeah, she was. She was the person who basically assembled it. She inherited it from the from the uh, production, and she was loaded with other work, and she needed a producer. So, so let me ask you though: you know, me. made the decision to invest in that. You also on Broadway invested in or, or produced or, or uh, right. a, a show called The People in the Picture. Correct. Which I uh, unfortunately did not get to see, even though. Oh, you! Oh, man! I mean, did not. It, I got some good reviews, and and the people I know who saw it said it was really, really good. But you must have known it was not going to be financially successful. So, did you just do it for love, or? I, I did it for love. I lost money on it, and um, I lost more money on it than I've lost on anything. Um, but I have no zero regrets. I mean, you know, nobody wants to lose money, but the bottom line is I got to produce a Broadway musical. I got to sit throughout the entire, I mean, I never knew what this was like. It was a party every night. It was uh, serious, serious discussions, uh, with some of the biggest players in the marketplace. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, what gets what gets more exciting than than being part of that? I mean, a real, real part of that whole process. It's like, you know, it's like being invited to the Super Bowl and sitting in the front seat. It, it's just it was just an amazing experience. And I also have this uh, this definition of success that that has evolved over time. My definition of success is and, and I'm talking about financial success, not personal success, is um, losing a million dollars and then making it back again. Yeah. It's it's just that simple. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not sure there's a, not a lot of people who have experienced that. If I lost a million dollars, I would not live long enough. To, to make it back again. You would see me with two razor blades in the bottom of the Hudson River. <laughs> and just like, uh, 990,000, okay, I can kind of- Yeah, right, but- Hitting that one million mark, I'm like, good, 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 no. <laughs> um, do you think so you would invest, last question for Al Carinello, because we're coming up on a, on a full hour here. It's been absolutely delightful. But would you invest in uh, theater again? Would you do it like, like my show? Would, would you invest in theater again? Like my show? Uh, I didn't hear that last part, but yeah, I, I would invest. Of course, you were screaming. I don't know what you said, but but uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I like, like, like hold on. <laughs> like my show. I think I got it. I think I got it. So so let's let's get this uh, uh, straightened out. Uh, I'm not any longer in need of losing a million dollars. Um, you know, I, I've been that. Well, wrong. I could do that for you. I could lose <laughs> half a million in very quickly for you. I look. I'm. I'm a. Uh, I'm an investor. I like to take a look at a lot of things. I do look at a lot of things, and I pass on most of them. You know, you got. You got to have. You got to have a heart, and you. you it's got something's got to generate some excitement, and uh, and that's how I. You know, that's that's how I take on projects. But if anybody out there has a project that that seems to be, uh, um, you know, interesting, uh, you have a neck in injury there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, and. <laughs> um, and you know what we didn't talk about? It's a shame. We didn't talk about. Didn't we talk? What the hell is that? Oh, oh my God! We didn't get to Andy Kaufman. What? what what's the matter with you? What's wrong with everything, you? Everything. Everything. Holy crap! Yeah. How did we not get to? That's me on the camera, by the way. Over. And that's 
your father brought you into the studio, but that, is that Kaufman behind the door? Yeah, that's Kaufman's head right there. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I produced his, um, his show uh, at college. So that's a Graham Junior College, the broadcasting college. Well, that's not Boston. dyslexic. It wasn't WCBS. That's actually WCSB. Um, Cambridge School, Cambridge uh, uh, School Broadcasting. What did he do in that first? Um, you know, what when you produced him at? Did he do just stand up? Did he do weird stand up? Was it? No, he didn't do any stand up. Uh, he he did a a show from the TV studios there called Uncle Andy's Funhouse. And Uncle I remember Andy. that though, but but did that get viral, or did he do it in a different way, larger as he got well known? He, he he there was a TV special that ABC Television did called Andy Andy Kaufman oh, Funhouse. That's where watched. it came from. Yeah. Um, but I, I was his producer, his writer, and his cameraman, and everything else, and uh, we became we became really good buddies. And yeah, yeah, and I you, you should you should have me back and and we'll do a half an hour on Andy Kaufman. It, it, well, I let's let's do five minutes on Andy Kaufman now, because because I, I promised this and we, I talked about this before. Yeah, no, no. If you have um, the five minutes, so sure. Tell us a, a, an Andy Kaufman anecdote story that that hasn't been that wasn't in the Milos Forman movie, like you know. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Um, actually, I, there is a new um, documentary coming out about Andy. And um, and I told this, I don't know if they're going to use it, but I sat in the studio for half a day and told them a lot of stories about Andy. Um, uh, but this is this is a unique story. So. We're sitting we're standing outside the dormitory up in up in Boston, uh, one of the major dormitories. This this was a very wealthy school had big, giant buildings that were hotels that were acquired by the school. Boom, boom, boom. And. Um, I'm there with two friends and we're just, we're just talking. Andy, I was 22 years old, I guess, something like that. Maybe not even at all. I, I don't know. Around there. And um, it was 1971. Um, so, um, so we're, we're staying there talking and next and and Andy comes by and he goes, Hey guys, I found out how to pick up chicks. It is so simple. Do you guys want to learn? And <laughs> did you just say um <laughs> say yes that's how it sounded so we are three naive guys and and uh andy says you're not going to believe this you are not going to believe this this works so effectively um you want it you want to do it i said yeah sure let's do it now in kenmore square where the where the um the big sitgo sign is up there um there there was this bus terminal right there it's not there any longer but there was this bus terminal that's that was like this big wide street and the buses would come in pick up people and take them all over the place so um he said i discovered this i discovered this and it works like a gem it's unbelievable i said okay what let's let's do it let's let's go so we walked down to the bus terminal and andy says let me you just watch what i do Stand back a little bit so that people don't know we're together. Just watch. Just watch this. When the bus comes in, I'm going to I'm going to pick out a girl as she walks up. I have no idea who's on these buses. This is not a setup. So I'm just just watch what I do. It's amazing. Now it was like raining out a little bit, a little, little damp, right? So it was it, it was overcast and you know rain was on and off. So uh, a bus pulls in. So he's like. Watch, watch. And he goes over to the door of the bus. 
And as people start coming off, he waits for a young, attractive, tall, tall girl. Girls had to be tall. I don't know if that's one thing about Andy that you just needed to know. So, um, so anyway, so, so, uh, it's finally a, a, a tall, beautiful girl gets off the bus and he goes up to her and he goes, Hey, Hey chick, uh, you like what you see? And, and the girl's like, get away from me. And, and Andy's like, and, and he turns around and he goes, here it comes, here it comes. And he goes, <laughs> and, and, and the girl's like, what? And he goes, he said he turns around. That's the trick. That's the trick. <laughs> and and the girls are like, get away from me! And hitting him with the umbrella and pushing <laughs> him away. And he's like, no, 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 it's not working yet. Hold it. <laughs> and he's doing the click sound. <laughs> and and these girls are just humiliating him. Tell get away from me, you creep! Get away from me! And he's like, wait a minute, look. <laughs> He wouldn't stop doing it. He just <laughs> would not stop doing it. And he's like, all right, all right, hold oh, somebody else. <laughs> it was just like 40 people on the bus. Another beautiful, tall chick comes out. He's like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, hi. And and he's like, uh, hey. <laughs> he starts the whole thing over again. And it's like, get away from me. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone go leave and he turns around and he's assuring us don't worry don't worry don't worry he said did you see that did you see what i did <laughs> now that is hysterical and we were like on the three of us were like bent over laughing on the ground people had <laughs> and he kept it up for like 20 minutes more another bus goes to another bus same thing same routine and and to him this was just going to work <laughs> but he knew full well that this was he was just being you know boring he, he just knew that he was being so stupid but he loved it he loved the rejection and and then he came over to us when there were no buses and he said it always worked before <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's it and nobody knows that story. They'll see it in the documentary. Well, I hope they put that in the doc because that is a fantastic and just the sheer. It, it's and and you know that Gilbert Gottfried learned something from him about repetition. Yep. About yep. you know it stops being funny. It starts oh. being annoying, annoying, boring, and then suddenly it's hysterical again. It, it's kind of like it, the, the sheer bravery and brazenness of it. I know. Oh, I know. Is, I know. That's that's what. Wow. Yeah. Hey, this is this has been a guess. I mean, you're 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 a very cool guy. I should probably leave you with a lot of money to produce my show. Yes. I, oh no, that that um, yes. Beethoven. What do you got? Who do you got there? Oh, listen. oh, Mister. Oh, I'll trade. Listen, listen. Too low. Can't hear it. All right, hold it, hold it. Oh, there you go. We have we have an option here. Here we go. Wait a minute. This this will work. This is gonna work because it always works. Here we go. I like to think of all kinds of helpers in our world. <laughs> I love it. I love Listen, it. The whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. We like Al Parinello just the way he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an absolute gas and a delight to have him in the. Oh, here we go. Play us out. Wait.
it's hold it it's not no you're not getting it you know i have the thing set on zoom so that music all right all right it's not allowing any music to come through god That's damn fine. it Sorry. damn That's it See, this okay. is what it means to be Jewish, where, where everything goes great, and then one thing goes wrong, and it ruins everything. But it looked good to see you blowing into the thing. What is it? Why do you have that? What is that? Do you remember I told you I, I collect terrible things and give them to people? Yes. This is one of them. I, I got it for you. This is, this, is, um, this is napkins in the form of her dress that you put it on the table so people can withdraw their own napkin and it's useless. And somebody thought this was a product that would sell. And, and I buy these things, these stupidest things I can find and give them away as Christmas gifts. And this is one of them. Uh, and it's, it's one of my favorites. It's a useful item. It's just stupid. But it, it's, it is useful. <laughs> it is practical. It is, but but isn't that, that for something with toilet paper? But can... look at that. Look at that beautiful face. All look right. at I that. Pick her up look, at, yeah. look at those gloves. Yeah. Look at those napkins. <laughs> at least they got used. That's all I can. Uh, all... there, there you go. There you go. So listen, this has been a pleasure. Uh, I, I love talking with you. I hope we can do it again. Yes, and, please uh, come back and to I the thank neighborhood. you for uh, having me on. Everybody, please also go to surflight.org to find out the season that's going to be coming up for Surflight Theater out in New Jersey. And everybody, please give a, give a very warm thank you to our brand new friend of the neighborhood, Al Paranelowitz. What a delight, what a joy. Health to you, much more success. And of course, we will be talking about your producing Shalom Dammit, an evening with me at Surflight Theater. And then eventually at the O2 in Wembley Stadium. Just, just say, we, you know, think small, uh, take the risk. Shalom to you. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. Be well. Al Paranello, my friends. Oh, what a delight. What a joy. So much fun. Oh, should have, I know I should have asked more Andy Kaufman questions next time. There'll be a next time. We got to have him back. And we have to have you back every week here on Dave's Gone By, where my good friend Dave, the producer and host, does the rest of this crazy program. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is from me. I hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah. I hope you have a fine New Year, coming out the Jewish New Year, but you know, the regular, the Goetia one. Hope that goes well for you. Uh, happy Passover far in advance, but you, you never know. I, I, it is great to see you. It is great to be here. And blessings to you, to every one of you, from every one of me. Play, will you play the, play it. Thank you. Damn it. One, the only, the Jewish rabbi, Saul Solomon. You're going to want to find out more about him by going to his website, shalomdamit.com. Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T. Shalomdamit.com. It's got links to 
many, many of the interviews that he's done on this program, also more importantly, because all of those are also on davesdownby.com. But if you want to find out more about that show, he was relentlessly hawking Al Perinello about Shalom Dammit, an evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon, which was performed a decade ago off-off-Broadway. Go to shalomdammit.com. If you want to read and hear his rabbinical reflections, his um, thoughts on the world, his many sermons that he was doing uh, many weeks here on the show, and that he sometimes comes back and does, just go to shalomdammit.com. And if you want to see his hilarious TV program, that he did also a decade or so ago on Long Island Cable Television, Shalom Dammit, Rabbi Saul Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour. You're going to want to go to shalomdammit.com. All the links are there. They're mostly YouTube links, but you can get the links to those things at his place on the interwebs, shalomdammit.com. Well, it is about, not quite, but about a quarter after 11 Eastern time here in the neighborhood with yours truly, Dave Lefkowitz doing the 922nd episode of the show. We're calling it Thrust and Parry for our new friend, Al Paranello. And we have so much more still to do on the show because, hey, we've got Greeley Times telling you what's been going on in Greeley, Colorado, what calls have been coming into the police department there. We've got some new ones because um, it's in the pages of the Greeley Tribune every week. Plus, what else do we have? Oh, we have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we're going to La Porte, Colorado. La Porte, Colorado. And um, what else do we... Oh, oh, and Bunyan Watch. Let's do Bunyan Watch. Let, let's get that done. Because every week here, or for the past four months now, we've been reporting on the state, rather, thank goodness, dormant state of my bunions on my feet. So... What happened, and I, I, I tell this story every week, is that um, I was teaching. I started the semester many, many weeks ago and had, let's get it all the way down, and had classes on my first day in relatively new sneakers, sneakers I thought I had broken in, but on one of my feet, it just rubbed and it was terrible and it gave me agony. And one of the reasons is that on my left foot, I have a small but obviously noticeable bunion. You can see it there, you can see the curvature, the beautiful sexy roundness of my left foot bunion. Well, anyway, it was, it was not pleasant, I wore a moleskin thing. So I thought, you know, why not, why not give you, the viewer, you know so much else about me, about my life. Many of you have been keeping an eye on the show for the 21 plus years we've been on the air. Why not share my bunion? So here's here's the here's the bunion on the foot that was rubbed raw on that first day of school. As 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 I've told you, this is not my bad bunion. That's on my right foot. That's much much bigger. Although thank goodness, neither of them is painful. Neither of them is in any way on the pain scale. Let's also. Let's see if my uh, bunion has anything to say. Hold up that thing here if I can do this. Ah. Nope, nope. Um, the bunion is noise-free. There's no sound coming out of it. 
So he's, he's a nice, gentle, quiet bunion this week. I can turn it this way. So you can see. I wish this, this desk actually went a bit even lower so I could really lay it down for you. But there you go. There's the bunion on my left foot. Uh, in imperfectly fine, normal condition. I'm, I'm not going to measure it today, but I'm going to eyeball it and figure that it has not grown even by a milli, 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 millimeter. It's the same bunion as it was last week when, when I shared it with you. Now, here's, here's the monster bunion. Here's the big one. Look at that puppy. Oh, baby, look at that right foot bunion. Now, that's, that's, uh, isn't that cool? Isn't that, isn't that great? That's my right foot bunion. Um, the one that was not bothered by the sneaker for whatever reason. Let's take a look. A pretty bunion is like a melody. And yes, it does give me a little bit of a hammer toe, as you can see, but I'm, I'm actually pulling my, my big toe there so I can really highlight the beauty of this bunion. Oh, oh, foot. This is, this is the foot fetish moment for Dave's Gone Live viewers who have that, that pervy curiosity. <laughs> I just did this for the next hour. It actually feels rather nice, but the weird part is it feels nice on this foot more than the bunion. Bunion doesn't really feel much of anything, but but this, this is very, ooh, this is rather arousing, not, not sexually arousing, but rather gently, like, ooh, stimulating. Everybody try this at home. Remember, I teach college kids. <laughs> You know, one of, the, one of the wonderful things that Al Perinello told me when we talked earlier in the weekend and we're setting up for, for the conversation he had with Rabbi Saul is, I, you know, I watched some of your show, and it's, it's, it's stupid. But it's stupid in a good way. And, and can there be anything more stupid in a good way than, than Bunyan Watch? Ladies and gentlemen, for this Saturday, December 16, 2023, that was indeed Bunyan Watch. It always brings me to the wrong. Here it is. She's Bunyan, she's Bunyan. She really is a Bunyan, she's Bunyan. Listen, doctor, to my plea. It's time for Bunyan next to me. Mine are not here on Dave's Gone By. Remember, if you want to contact me, all you got to do is email Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Dave, like my name, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. You can also post messages under this Facebook page or, or direct message me if you're a friend or perhaps even if you're not. Just lots of ways to get in touch. I don't necessarily have time to even thumbs up or, or say hi to everybody, but I, I try and read everything. And, and it is a great solace, might be the word, or a great pride to me 
when I get new viewers, when I get new people into the neighborhood, when you guys say to people, hey, there's this unbelievably stupid program on the interwebs every Saturday morning. It's hosted by this guy. It, I can't even describe, just, just watch it. You'll hate it at first. And then you'll be like, there's something compellingly idiotic about all of this. Give it a look. And, and that's how we get new people in the neighborhood. Speaking of people in the neighborhood, let's talk about our friends. See, Al Paranello is now a friend, an official friend of the neighborhood. He has been on this program. Now, we've had, over the course of 21 years, lots and lots of people on this program, some of them famous, many of them not, but all of them are like friends and like family, and we like to let you know, hey, we've told you about these, but you, you, you've met these people. They're in the bosom, if you will, of our Daveness. What are they up to? And that is why every week we talk about the friends of the neighborhood. Gee up now. Yeah, let's have a little bit of this one. Take the volume down a little bit. That's better. Anyway, friends of the neighborhood for this week. Well, first, um, well, we, we, we have to do a, a sad one. We want to send out condolences to our director-producer friend Lee Wachner out in uh, California. He was on the show just a few months ago. His mom passed away last week in her sleep, 98 years old. So on a certain level, it's like condolences and also congratulations, but uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it was a, a sad, it's been a sad time for him. So our condolences go out to Lee Walkner. At the same time, we send congratulations out to our friend of the neighborhood, Jessica Schur. The, the short film that she was in, Wicked Image, won Baltimore's Next Image Award. So, yeah, I mean, she usually is pushing uh, this Betty Davis stage show that she does. Betty Davis is not for sissies, but she was also in this movie, and this movie just picked up an award locally right here in Baltimore, which I know. Anyway, congratulations to her on that. I want to let you know that tonight, Saturday, December 16th, at 7.30 p.m., if you're in New Jersey, right, Surflight isn't doing anything at the moment, but you can go to the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and see Gary U.S. Barnes live in person, still performing. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that is tonight at 7.30 at the Wonder Bar. Now, if you're in Manhattan tomorrow, you might want to go see David Kale telling stories and singing songs, and he's doing that at the Club Pangea. I believe that is downtown. Uh, on Monday evening, Karen Mason is doing Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And I, Rabbi Saul is not going to that, but she is going to be at Birdland Monday night, this Monday night, Karen Mason. And then starting on, let's see, 19, on Thursday, and then running through the weekend, Clea Blackhurst, our great friend, and Jim Caruso, too. They are doing a swinging Birdland Christmas at Birdland also. So go see them. On uh, the 22nd, I guess, is Friday, Tammy Faye Starlight is playing Marianne Faithful in the, the show she's been doing for a while, and that is at Pangea. Definitely, definitely go see her. She's, she's a really, really talented and kind of funny satirist, parodist, not to mention she can sing and do 
Mary Young Faithful. Uh, this is Tammy Faye Starlight at Pangea on Friday night. Playing now through December 23rd, Daniel, if you're already sick of all the Christmas stuff going on, why not see Daniel Kaner bringing Jewish Chronicles back to the Soho Playhouse downtown on Van Damme Street. That is playing now through December 23rd. Now through the 24th, Hershey Felder is in Monsieur Chopin. That is at 59 East, 59th Street. So yeah, um, he's playing the music of, but also giving the biography of Chopin. So you're going to want to see Hershey Felder do that. You know, he's an accomplished pianist as well as performer. J.O. Sanders is on Broadway in the comedy, the hit comedy, Pearly Victorious over at the Music Box Theater. That is playing through early February. I, mean, I think it was extended recently to early February. We have an Austin Pendleton alert. All right, hold your ears. Austin Pendleton. <laughs> the ubiquitous actor and director, Austin Pendleton, and cabaret person, too. Uh, he's always doing something, and right now, he has directed a revival of Tennessee Williams' play, Night of the Iguana, featuring our friend Daphne Rubin Vega. Of course, you know her from Rent, but uh, yeah, she is appearing in Night of the Iguana. This is happening at the Signature Theater over on 480 West 42nd Street, all the way, all the way down, you know, where, where Theater Row was and still is. Lilius White is on Broadway in Town at the Walter Kerr. Stuart Zagnett is in Harmony at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. And let's see, of course, of course, Alan Menken's music can be heard in both Aladdin on Broadway and Little Shop of Horrors off. Seth Beeson-Hirsch does Seth's Talent Showcase every Tuesday night at Don't Tell Mama. Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano, they hold court at Birdland on Saturday evenings, birdlandjazz.com for tickets. And Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks play Birdland for two shows on every Monday evening. Again, tickets at birdlandjazz.com, particularly as well for the long-running show Jim Caruso's Cast Party every Monday night at Birdland. want to remind you that Evan Seplo is the editor and founder of StageBuddy.com, a website all about New York theater and nightlife and, and restaurants and things, StageBuddy.com, reminding you that David Sheward is the um, one of the lead critics for TheaterLife.com, CulturalDaily.com, and for TotalTheater.com. So check them all out and read his work. Vicki Quaddy, she is out there in Chicago doing late-night catechism, as well as Christmas Bingo. That is at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago, and she also travels to other places to do those shows. And um, Charlie Gross and Leslie Hoban Blake, they co-host Two on the Aisle, where you can see clips and entire episodes on YouTube. They review Broadway and off-Broadway theater together, Charlie Gross and Leslie Hoban Blake. And those, my friends, are the friends of the Adaverhood. Thank you, Neville Mariner. Ladies and gentlemen, it is almost 11.30 in the neighborhood, Eastern Time, 
We're doing our 922nd episode of the program that we've been calling Thrust and Parry. And we have uh, a little, we're going to tarry just a little longer to do a little bit more show for you. Um, what do I want to talk about? I wanted to talk about, ooh, had a really good, I don't know why I'm bothering it, really good tomato sauce earlier in the week. Um, my wife, Joyce, was in the mood for pasta. I was like, oh, let's make some pasta. I always love pasta. So <clears throat> I make a pretty decent sauce. I'm not like the old Italian woman standing at the giant iron pot, you know, over-stewing tomatoes from 9 o'clock in the morning until it's, it's time uh, for, for, for the mafiosi to eat. No, no. But I will mix a bunch of things together, and it comes out pretty well for instant sauce that is still using other pre-made ingredients. And I got to say, I got a jar of tomato sauce remaindered, and I don't remember if it was either Kohl's or Marshall's or Home Goods, in those places where my favorite place to look is where everything's marked down, in the clearance section. So I go there and I'm looking, and usually, unfortunately, it's just a little more than I want to pay even for clearance items. Because you know, they'll, they'll have something that was like $6, and they'll mark it down to four and a half. And I'm like, eh, maybe not, maybe not. But every once in a while, I'll take a, I'll take a shot. I'll be like, okay, that's re let me try this. So they had a jar of tomato sauce that was marked down to three bucks. And I'm thinking, no, that's okay. I will try a jar of tomato sauce. Usually, you know, I'll look for Bertoli's, and you can get those even cheaper. But eh, that looks like a nice little jar. And open it, it was really good. It was, and it's called Monte Popilo. Like like Popilo Mountain or Polilo, Potilo Popilo Mountain, whatever it is. And was not expecting it to be that I knew it would be better than like your basic store bought ragu derivative. Because you can see from the ingredients that it was it was pretty good stuff. But I was like, ooh, sometimes it does make a difference to use a higher quality sauce. So to the point where I'm like, I may purchase this again. But the problem was, and this is what happens when you go to remainder sections of these places, it's like they don't normally, it's not something they ordinarily carry. They brought it in once. They couldn't move all of it. And so now they're discounting it. They're, they're remaindering it. So you get one, and you know you can't just go back there and go, oh, I'm going to get two more jars. Next time I make pasta sauce, I'm using Monte Popilio. Uh, which and saddens me. So the first thing, of course, that you do in this day and age is you go on the interwebs and you look for Google or Bing, and you say, hey, where can I buy and order Monte Potatoes? And it's not really that available, which is a, a strange thing. It's not as if, oh, Whole Foods, sure, uh, is a higher level thing, so you may not find it in the 7-Eleven, but mom's... Grocers should have it. Whole Foods should have it. Um, you know, other places like that. But no, it's like one or two pla one places, I think, called Pinocchio's. So I don't know if they're lying about what they have or not. And and this bottle is normally like $7 a jar, which is a lot. At that point, it gets into Chef Rao's territory. I've always wanted to try Chef Rao's pasta sauces, but I always see them on the shelves. And, you know, rich or not, I'm thinking, okay, I, I can buy... The Paul Newman stuff, I can buy this, I can buy Bertolli's, I can buy a perfectly nice sauce 
when gar where, where glucose and water isn't the first ingredient for three bucks, for two or three bucks, why am I going to pay $7? Because you use up like half a jar making one thing of pasta. Why, why would I pay seven, eight, ten dollars for Chef Rao's whatever the hell it is? So I don't, and I won't. But if I want to try something new, I'm going to, hey, this is pretty good. I'll buy this again. I'm not going to suddenly order. There's one, I swear to God, if you go on Amazon and you look for this Monte Pontillo sauce, they have six jars for $73, shipping included. But I'm like, it's, it's, it wasn't, I, I couldn't do the math, but it was like $12, $13 for a bottle of tomato sauce. I'm like, no, just no. Even the other places were only charging seven, but I think they were shipping or something. I'm like, no, no. where was that? Because I would, having paid $3 for the discounted version, I would, I would be like, you know what? For special occasion, I'll open this up for five. I'll buy, I'll buy this pasta sauce for a $5 jar. I will do that. It's kind of like what I do for my morning coffee. I, I, I found out that, at least for the time being, my favorite overall morning coffee is the Lavazza Red. So I get the, the Lavazza Red K-Cups, and rather than paying 30 or 35 cents for discounted other brands that are perfectly good, you know, I will, I'll buy a couple of boxes of a Lavazza and, and pay 50 or 60 cents per K-Cup. I'm not going to pay a dollar per K-Cup. I'm not going to do that. Let me get that Kahlua, you know, Mount Hawaiian brand. Where it's like, yeah, it's a dollar a cup of coffee. Dollar a cup of I don't even want to pay four dollars a cup of coffee in Starbucks. When are you going to charge me a dollar for a cup of coffee at home? No, but fifty instead of thirty cents, which is a big jump. I'll do it because I like a nice cup. The Lavazza Green is good too, but the Lavazza Red—that's that sort of does it. That starts my day. Why? I'll do it. I would do that with this Monte Polino sauce if it were reasonable and available. So I call out to the people of Monte Polino who have a website. Um, and they have a thing of like, put in your zip code and see where you can, like, it gives nothing. <laughs> where can actually buy it near me? Uh, but of course, if you want to get old Dave a holiday present and you want to ship it to me, I'll, I'll tell you how. But I, that, that's the, the annoying and frustrating thing. It's like, oh, I was able to try this. Now I want to, I'm hooked. I want to try this sauce again. And it's like, let's not make it readily available. Let's, let's wait on that. Oh, I think my wife is home. I do believe Joyce is back home from getting her, her massage. So I, I purposely held grilly times until, until she returned back to the homestead. Uh, but anyway, so I, I will recommend the sauce if you can afford it. Al Paranello could buy a bag of it. He could buy the company and then release the sauce. <laughs> And, and, and make it more easily distributed and more widely distributed so old Dave can have better pasta going forward in the future. And remember, the secret of a better pasta sauce, add honey. Try it. Honey and hot sauce. Mm -hmm. Good. So, Joyce is walking back into the room. <coughs> Hello. Hey, oh, you're smiling. You're beaming. You're Hello. glowing. How you doing? Good. I had a little vertigo from it, but during, but she fixed it. Yeah. How did she? How did she fix her vertigo? We just went slow, and she, my neck is all a little bit. I gotta sit 
they got to just sit properly. Well, right. They're so nice in their shirt. Isn't it? That, yeah. It looks like Hawaiian something. holiday. Festive and, and Jersey Shore-ish. And, and, yeah. Not Jersey Shore. I think oh. they look more fancy. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, like, like Jersey, the idea of water and beach. But more Hawaiian. Okay, yeah. Well, this is like a Hawaiian-y shirt. Uh, so good. So you, you got a massage. You don't have to say where or something. It was worth it. Was It, it felt great. It was <laughs> yeah, like she, yeah. she did. Like to, yeah. Like to make tea. How did you, how was your day? Oh, so, so we had a wonderful conversation with Al yeah, Parangello yeah. and the neighbor. It was, was fabulous. What did you learn? Oh, so much. Oh, he, he talked about everything from owning a radio station to owning the, the the Surf Life Theater in New Jersey, to his friendship with that. I, I wish we had more time to talk about his friendship with Andy Kaufman. But oh, he told wow. Wonderful, oh, everybody, if you missed the conversation, once this is posted on davesgoneby.com or archive.org, or if you just want the audio, castbox.fm, check it out. It's Al Perinello and, and Rabbi Saul Solomon. It was fabulous. Oh, great. And then, and yeah, we've just been having fun on the air, which is what we do every Saturday from 9 until noon or thereabouts. So, yay. Uh, let's, since you're here, let's do some Greeley Times, just a couple, and then I'll do our Colorado Liberty. You missed, you missed Bunyan Watch. Oh, well, I heard it went well. I heard that there was a, some Bunyan activity. Actually, yeah. the Uber driver told me that there was a mobile alert for David Bunyan Watch. Uh, was there, oh, he said, I, no pain, no swelling, good Bunyan. That fabulous Bunyan. Although I discovered, and you, you missed this too, that if I take... The, the I, I can't, I'll, I'll just describe it. This is my left foot. Uh -huh. If I take this part of my left toe uh -huh. and, and I do it over my bunion of the right toe, it feels rather sexually arousing on the side of my left toe. Honey. I wouldn't say sexually. It, it, was, it was a pleasant stimulus. Oh, good. It was kind of like, ooh, ooh. This, is, this, is, this might very well be an erogenous zone on your toe. On your foot? Yeah, because it is kind of, do this to your thumb. This is kind of hot. Try it. It's just sensitive yeah. skin. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think an erogenous zone is? Like, ooh. Ooh. I thought it was like a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're going to do Greeley Crimes Little Times, you said, right? Yes, right now. Right? Yeah, we're going to do Greeley Times. So this is based. It's nice out too, David. I oh, was so beautiful. impressed. It's, oh, good. Yeah, my sandals. We don't wear sandals, but. So in the pages of the Greeley Tribune every week is a column called Cop Log that is based on real, actual phone calls that come into the Greeley and Northern Colorado Police Department from people who see weird things happening in their neighborhoods. Well, here in the neighborhood, we take the funniest ones and share them with you every week in a segment that we like to call Greeley Times. <laughs> times it is. So here's here's some of the stuff that has been happening over the last couple of weeks in northern Colorado. Oh, oh, um, and a lot of these come in by phone call, of course. So there's our first call now. Wow. A caller on 86th Avenue said that his garage door had been repeatedly opening and closing for the last 15 minutes. He wasn't sure if someone was trying to get in. So, of course, he calls the cops. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just he's sitting on the... Yeah, he's sitting yeah. on the transponder or... Could have been those raccoons. Remember we had when yeah. we were living in Colorado? 
They, they were family records. I bet you they, they've been smart enough to use the, the remote control now. I bet that's That's it. They were taught. The fox, who was very foxy, teaches the raccoons to open the garage door. It with could be. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be that someone in his family just is playing tricks on him, which I think is probably more the case. Oh, or, or it could be a malfunction of the... Um, or he's probably sitting on it. Like, you know, like there's something's pressing on it. He's, you know... That could be. It could be his prostate. I hope not. I hope not too, actually. That would be bad. Oh my god, we have another phone call. Oh, wow. And this one is apparently, we have a, a thing here where I can look at and see where the call is coming from. It is from Doubletree Drive. Whoa. Is that like a hotel? It must be. Doubletree yeah. Inn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, may, that makes sense. It would be the drive where they yeah, built yeah. the Doubletree. They reported someone pounded on her door and left... A figurine on her front porch. That's nice. I, I guess. It's probably the alien lady. You think? I think it's probably maybe, well, we go later to the shopping center, they have carolers. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's Secret Santa. Oh, so it leaves, but yeah. leaving a little doll, a little, little, unless it's a voodoo doll. Unless it's like. A, I take it. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. We can. Yeah. No, oh, man, we're just overloaded. There's another phone call. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, let, let me check where this one's coming from. Um, check on my phone. Ah, it's coming from 13th Street. Oh, Go yeah, figure. yeah, always 13th Street. What? Woman called the police department. Yeah. Telling them. Yeah. This is, this is real, by the way. We're not making that. These are actual calls logged into the police department. I just department. have to look up the name of a, a thing. I have to get it right here. So. Oh, all right, fine, fine. I'm, uh, I'm a caller on 13th Street said she had a cold. And she wanted an officer to bring her cough syrup. Isn't that what, wouldn't that be great if the police really were that? If they really were out there to protect and serve and actually help, not just catch criminals, not just you know shoot unarmed black people, but to, to kind of like really, oh, you because I use them for directions before GPS and everything. You, you would stop a cop if you saw one. I say, like, I, you know, what street do I? And they would almost always be really, really helpful and be really, really cool. Wouldn't it be great if, like, you know, I was going to fix a pasta dinner, and I, I realize I'm out of garlic. Um, could, could a police officer just go to the local Safeway and bring back, no, 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 not, not a clove. You know you know what? Yes, get a clove and get the minced garlic. And, of course, I'll pay him money. Yes. That would be great if police functioned like that. Um, but anyway, you know why it does make sense to send a police officer to bring over cough syrup. Why? Well, <laughs> police very often deal with Vicks. What? What? Oh, you're falling down on the job here. What happened? Wow, this thing's dead. Oh, so sad. Anyway, um, a caller in Greeley said that his wife hit him. But he later called back and said that, quote, quote, he had taken too many of his pain meds along with the THC gummy. Oh, no. And he had only dreamt that his wife hit him. What? Yeah. A, you know, lots for the cops to unravel there. Like, is he telling the truth now? Is he telling the truth beforehand? And I assume THC gummies are now legal. Because that's the stuff in pot, right? THC yeah, is yeah, yeah. So, would you would you eat a THC gummy worm? No. You sure? What about a Haribo 
uh, sugar-free THC gummy. I need it. Well, you get you get diarrhea, but you say, I just don't care. I don't want any of it. Oh, it, yeah, we haven't we haven't shown chicken today. Here's chicken. I have I've lost the ability to do this properly. I don't know why. Thumb on under the yeah, head. And then okay. Watch your eyes at the okay, put your thumb there. Okay, and then put the finger here. Okay, here here comes chicken. Let me try to see his little head. Here he goes. Whoa, good. Good job, honey. Oh, I used to be able to hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, those days are gone. That's an in joke between the two of us. Um, okay. A caller on 9th Street. Oh. <clears throat> well, Oh, yeah, it's 9th Street. I, I guessed that one. I, without even looking, I knew wow. it was 9th Street. You can tell by the ring, huh? <laughs> they reported a couple of people, quote, being weird. Back by the dumpsters. Oh, honey. That's a good place to be weird. I think those are called raccoons. Now, here's the deal. The caller would not elaborate. He just wanted an officer to come out. <laughs> what? You can't just, like, say, like, people are acting weird. Go see it. Could you define, does weird involve, like, machetes and firearms? Maybe they're, or? Know, maybe they're just, like, dumpster diving. Like, those are big differences. You yeah. have to, like, I think you have to quantify, or not quantify, but, but explain more what being weird. You know, if I, I've always wanted to do that. I always wanted to pull out gloves, safe gloves, and maybe, like, good rubber shoes or something. I would love to dumpster dive. I would love to go into it to see stuff that people throw out because it's not going to be just garbage, garbage. It's going to be old TVs and no, things and typewriters. No. no, I think it'd be kind of cool. No, 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 no. All right, okay. Um, yes, there's a call coming in from Fifth Avenue. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Well, well. Maybe not. <laughs> a caller there saw a man quote. With his pants down, showing everything. <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, showing everything. everything. Yeah. Well, maybe front, back, middle. He had, a, you know, full on. Although, if he had shoes on, he was not showing everything. He was showing everything. Everything that's <laughs> meaningful. Everything you don't want to see in public. Everything is beautiful under my pants. Do, 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 do. All right, one more. We only have an elsewhere today. I'm, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. So here's one more. Greeley criminality crime time. And this is a, I don't know if this is coming in by, hold it. No, no, this one's coming in by Morse code. I don't know why. That must, wait, let, let me get the Morse one first. Ah, they hung up. All right, let me get this one. Where's it? Oh, a caller on 14th Street reported someone knocking on the door and asking to sleep there. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> and, and, and she thought, I asked my husband to deal with it, but he went to take the trash out. I, <laughs> what kind of husband is that? I haven't seen him for an hour, even though his, his house keys are right here on the table. Oh, and meanwhile, this person keeps asking me to come in and sleep. <laughs> I don't understand it. But anywho, ladies and gentlemen, that is Grilly Times for this Saturday, December 16th. 2023. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. No, he was not. I'm sure that you'll agree with me that Greeley was no fool. What he is getting and is that Mr. Greeley was no fool. If me, I, 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 if
So it's it's almost about ten to noon. We've actually wow. done almost a three hour show here. How did you do it? Well, they had a good interview. Great interview. So right. Did yeah. you that's show the toilet uh, ad? No, no, we're sitting there. That'll be time like time. a story okay, time. Okay. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But but you know you you were out for about an hour and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. Somehow you got back in time. Yeah. For because you missed Bunyan Watch yeah, and you missed I, the interview and missed some of the stuff I was talking about. I'm so hungry. All right, well, we'll make it. Oh, you want to get before we go? I mean, we'll, we'll you know, have a something before we go? But, um, or, 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 did you deliberately mention that so that you wouldn't have to listen to our limerick? No, my stomach is Are you hungry? A little bit, but I can wait. You know, you know what I'm having for lunch. You know what I'm having for lunch, ladies and gentlemen. What's that, honey? You should, why don't you ask them to sponsor you? Just tag oh. them, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking, of course, about Mission. I haven't even mentioned them this week. Mission Barbecue, not sponsored, not anything. Just saying, their black plate special is prime rib. Enough said. Okay, so, um, but I am gonna. Uh, will it make you lose your appetite if I do the Colorado Limerick of the Damned? At this point, probably not. Probably not. So, this week we go to La Porte, Colorado. I'm amazed I never got to that one because it's, it's such a rhymable. Yeah. yeah, La Porte, Colorado, which, well, let, let me, I'll give you some information about La Porte, and then, of course, I'm going to read a disgusting, horrible this is the city people. Of Texas. Well, then, yeah, there's probably La Portes all over the place because it's La Portable. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of comedy that's right there. That's a good place to live. Oh, well, it would be. And the public schools, the public schools are above average. Well, that's rare in Colorado, <laughs> but obviously, can say how, how few taxes fund, uh, how little taxes fund schools there. Well, let, let, hold, hold any thoughts about the port while I play the theme music. Oh, it's made by fur trappers. You're the poetry man. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So, this is a limerick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, we're, we're going to give that information right now, as a matter of fact, about... Whoa, stop this. fur trappers. Yeah. It said it was... It was strictly from commercial. Yeah. It says, uh, with American Indian wives, French-Canadian fur trappers with, with native wives. Settled it. Yeah, Navajo. There, yeah. there was the Navajo people. They settled it way back, like the 1820s. So it's pretty early Colorado because it's far, far north in Larimer County. It's part of actually the Fort Collins area. And yes, they did actually spell it pr properly back in the day with a capital P, like You're La Porte. Mm. In Colorado, they mix with pronunciations. They mix with the spellings of things. It probably should have been La Porte. Well, it's La Porte. Um, so, and they named it, as you said, French for the word door. In the 1860s, famous frontiersman Kit Carson set up camp along the Cache-Laputa River, because the whole thing goes along that river. Yeah. And according to Wikipedia, by the 1860s, 70s, there was a booming town. It had four saloons, a brewery, a butcher shop, two blacksmiths, a general store, and a hotel. It was essentially the biggest town north of Denver. That you could find in, in that, that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, currently, mm -hmm. it's not it's not tiny. You got about twenty five hundred people living there. Plus, it's known for camping, open spaces, fishing, hiking, 
basically, you know, quote every every single city in Colorado and says, fishing, hiking, opening spaces, camping, and all these things. So La Porte, Colorado, this beautiful place, which I am, of course, going to disfigure with a limerick, with a short five-line poem, our Colorado limerick of the damned for La Porte, Colorado. Ahem. It's awfully fun to cavort with Laura, a whore from La Porte. But when you awaken, you'll be shocked and shaken from counting each genital wart. No, no, that's no. She always, <laughs> she always just threw the bell across the room. She always, she always gives me a look after I do a Colorado limerick of the dam. It's like, Dave, I love you. Just, and you do a lot of just things well. Yeah, another town we will never be invited yeah. to. Yes. Yeah, basically, we'll never get the key yeah. to Laporte, uh-huh. even to their Laporta Sands. We'll never, we'll never be never. admitted into never, never. Laporte, Colorado. But if you have your complaints and issues with me or the show or my poetry, please email davesgoneby at aol.com. Davesgoneby at aol.com. Plus, you can message me right here on this Facebook page. So just, just you know, pop your message underneath or, or instant message me if you can. Um, and remember that we also have our Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2. It's Radio Dave and the number two. And we have an Instagram page, which is my name, David.Lefkowitz. And we're not on TikTok. I guess I should be. I don't have the, the time to deal. Not on Periscope. Are there any others now? I'm not on WhatsApp and Snapchat and, and Hoogly-Doo and... and any of these other places. Yeah, is there a hoogly do? No. If not, Al Perinello will start it and buy it. So, anywho, we are coming up on the end of the program. So, we want to thank one more time Al Perinello for being our guest in the neighborhood. Remember that you go to surflighttheater.org. If you're on the East Coast and looking for something fun to do, particularly over the summer holidays or even for the Christmas show that they're going to be doing, a Christmas story surflight.org and, and to find out more about this this cool theater and this very, very cool dude. Go to shalomdammit.com for more about Rabbi Saul Solomon. Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T, shalomdammit.com. And for more about me, don't forget that I have my own website of my written work, davelefkowitz.org. So that's different from davesgoneby.com which has the archives of the show. DaveLefkowitz.org has my written archives, my theater reviews, my interviews with celebrities, my song lyrics, my plays. If you're interested in any of that and particularly interested in producing any of my plays. Oh, Al, this is for you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just go. You can read them. DaveLefkowitz.org. Well, my love, um, I think I think we're, we've come to. I have to just remind my students what time is. Oh, tonight. yeah. So she's got to do that. I've still got some more grading to do. Oh joy, and, and, and then working on the syllabi for for next semester. It never stops, and this show never stops. I intend, I hope, to be back here next Saturday morning, December. I guess it would be I don't know, twenty third. Today uh, is the sixteenth. So 1890, 20, 21, 22, 23rd, yeah. December 20th, like holiday show. Yeah. Um, You're going to have the, the panel back, right, for a quiz? At some point, I really want, I don't know, next week probably everybody's going to be out of town anyway. So oh, it'll be yeah. Oh, but it's on Zoom. 
even so. Oh, you're there with Pamela. You know, David, David goes, he, he sees his mom, he goes with the, the places. Needs the show, that's a problem. Leslie will probably be with her family, Vicky will be on stage. I, but but in, soon we will have our panel back playing the Today Yesterday quiz. Yeah. Um, we will have that back. We'll have more limericks. Yeah. I'm sorry for that, but we will have more limericks. More bunions to watch. Uh, and we will have more interviews, more grilly stuff, more story time, more fun. Here in the neighborhood where I say, even though the holiday's over, happy Hanukkah to everyone post-Hanukkah, and don't miss your Daves going by and gone abye. And thank you, Joyce, for, for starting the show with us and, and coming back and ending the show and, and, and helping us. Love you. He's gone by, goodbye. He's gone by,